Get a jump start on 2024 in a new Kia from Robert Brogdon's Olathe Kia. Shop their large selection, including the new Sorento, Nero, and Soul models. You'll score big with low prices, trade assist cash, and a 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit OlatheKia.com. Chiefs fans, this is the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show. Presented by CBD American Shaman. Life is better with the feather. We had to discuss the name of the stadium. Patrick Mahomes, after the game, let us know that they didn't think they had any cigars in the locker room, but they'd figure it out by the time they got to Glendale. The wide receiving core was falling apart. The Chiefs defense suffered injury after injury after injury. Both sides of the ball. And at the end of this war of attrition to punch the ticket to Arizona for the Super Bowl with a straight-up NFL bloopers-style play from Patrick Mahomes putting the game in danger, with a career-defining game from Chris Jones, huge plays from Marquez Valdez-Scantling cementing his role in Kansas City, and so much more leads the Kansas City Chiefs back once again to the Super Bowl as they are once more champions of the AFC. Hello and welcome in to the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show. I am Joshua Briscoe, Beards McFly on the other side of the glass, Dylan Michaels producing around the building as well. 23 to 20 doesn't do it justice. The final score of this game is irrelevant. The step by step of this game doesn't tell the story. I could go play by play or player by player. We could crack open the box score. We can revisit all of the narratives from this week. We're going to have two weeks to look ahead to the Kelsey Bowl slash Andy Reid Bowl. I'm going to save that at the very least for later in the week. But in this game, I think we saw one of the most beautiful things you can see in football. You saw greatness be great. From both teams and both sides of the ball, for that matter, you saw Jamar Chase be great. You saw the Bengals' defense and Lou Anarumo give this offense problems once again. You saw this game be severely in doubt pretty much the entire 60 minutes for both of these squads. But the most incredible spot that you saw greatness tonight was from the middle of that Chiefs defensive line. Now look, no one on planet Earth ever has to twist my arm to get me to talk about Patrick Mahomes. And I will. But if you would have said, hey, the Chiefs are going to score 23 points in this game, how does that make you feel? I would have felt like we were talking about a much less fun post-game show and a really boring next couple of weeks by comparison. Legereus Snead went out of this game early. These rookie cornerbacks were forced into a terrible spot. Brian Cook, rookie safety, 
playing a lot of reps because there's a lot of moving parts, a lot of dominoes from from Snead getting hurt as early as he did. I don't know if the plan was for Brian Cook to play as much as he did. Trip McDuffie, Jalen Watson, Joshua Williams. Make it Brian Cook again to add him into the mix of these rookie defensive backs. Every one of those dudes had bad moments tonight. Don't tell them that. Irrelevant. Did not end up mattering. Because all of these dudes made plays. You saw rookies. And I know Steve Spagnolo and Justin Reed and a bunch of these other dudes, they've talked about, hey, there are no more rookies anymore, right? It's in the playoffs during their first year, but we're, we're here now. Well, Trent McDuffie didn't play all that much football. He missed a big chunk early in the season because he got hurt in Arizona. Back to the scene of the crime for him and Harrison Bucker both. Hope that turf gets figured out. But you saw those rookies, which they still are. It's still on their roster spot on the depth chart. It still says R for years of experience. Outrageous performances from them, really over these last five weeks. The last three games in the regular season, these two games in the playoffs, this Chiefs defense looked rejuvenated, revitalized, aggressive, playing for the football, coming to make their own plays, not relying on what the offense was going to do on the other side. It wasn't about Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey for them. What can we do here? There were times when half of the defense were rookies. Three corners, Brian Cook, George Karloftis. To say nothing of the fact that the offensive weapon that this that fans have been begging to see more of on, on the other side is also a seventh round pick. Forced into the line of duty here. And yeah, they're way better equipped than they were earlier on in the season. But think about what we were talking about in April and May and then in training camp and then in week six or eight or 12. Hey, if this defense can look like it belongs by playoff time, Wow, what a revelation that would be. They put a bow on this one today. The Chiefs gave up the first touchdown of the game with, I think, 35 minutes in? Five minutes into the second half? They gave up a score again after the short field when Mahomes just had the ball fall out of his hand. A play that you just don't see that kind of playoff ghost that doesn't happen to Patrick Mahomes. Those are ghosts of the past. Those aren't Mahomes' burdens. Well, it happened. A ghost swept down and knocked the ball out of Mahomes' hands. And hey, look, the, the refs gave the Chiefs an extra play and an extra series of downs. They did nothing with, for what it's worth, but that happened. That wasn't ghosts. That was just bad refereeing. You have the, the roughing to get the Chiefs into field goal range at the end. I think it's got to get called there, but I feel terrible for the defender who was it. He didn't try to, you know, horse collar Mahomes down on the way out. He was running with him way farther out of bounds than he should have been. Made contact. It's 15 more. That's tough. That is. I don't. There were a couple of calls on both sides, both ways in this game that I did not care for. Okay, the roughing one at the end there, NSA roughness on the outside on the sideline. It's going to get called every time. But other calls throughout the game, some benefited Cincy, some benefited the Chiefs. And so, frankly, Maybe this, maybe this wouldn't play in Cincy right now, but frankly, I don't really care. I've desperately tried to avoid talking about referees throughout this season that has been so much about them. And yeah, Carl Sheffers is the Super Bowl head referee. It's an all-star crew around him. whoop de do. But I don't want to talk about any of that. Again, maybe that wouldn't play in Cincinnati, but I'm not in Cincinnati. 
We're here in Kansas City. And this defense demands the headlines in my book. We said coming into this game, been saying all week, this is a legacy game for Chris Jones. But when I said that, I said it a little bit through my fingers over my eyes. Because a legacy game for a defensive lineman is not always conducive to being understood as a legacy game. Sometimes the best thing that an interior defensive lineman can do is to take all of the attention, never actually wreck the game as much as you'd like to see them do, but create opportunities for the other guys around him. I was a little bit worried about the phrase Chris Jones legacy game, not because I was concerned that he'd show up. You've been around, right? You've heard me talk before. I have some pretty strong opinions about Christopher Jones. What are they, Josh? Said he tonight was the best football player who touched the field. Period. Period. But, but, no. Better than Mahomes? Tonight, Chris Jones was better than Patrick Mahomes. What about Harrison Butker? He was better than Harrison Butker. He was better than Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. Marcus Kemp. He was better than Marcus Kemp, who caught an F in football. He was better than Marquez Valdez-Scantling. He was better than Travis Kelsey. Tonight, Chris Jones earned that one. And man, look, the three-headed monster of Mahomes, Kelsey, and Chris Jones, if you really wanted to fight, look, I'm not saying that the Chiefs win this game with the same exact performance from Chris Jones and, and a Chad Henney back there. I don't know. I really don't, and frankly, I don't want to think about it. And God, Travis Kelsey was unreal. I hope everyone listening right now understands that I can share my love for those three football players in particular. Like, if we're talking about Chiefs Mount Rushmore's for just the dudes that I I felt magic watching them, I think it's those three and Jamal Charles. I just think that's my my Mount Rushmore of, of players who made me feel things watching football. A lot of good nominees. Yours can be different. That's fine. But tonight, Chris Jones was the difference between the Chiefs having time to pick and choose their offensive spots, having time to be patient, or frankly, just to be bad, to sputter out, versus having no margin for error, and then immediately you're playing from behind. It was big plays. It was consistency. It was getting to Joe Burrow. It was demanding the double teams. It was beating double teams. It was bringing him down. This has been true now for a while. I was saying this last year, when early last year even, when people weren't thrilled to hear it because some good players on this unit. But this defense doesn't function without Chris Jones. He's been the best player on this defense now for a minute. And tonight was a master class in that. Now look, again, hear me say, you remove Chris Jones or Patrick Mahomes or Travis Kelsey from this game, and we're talking about a Bengals-Eagles Super Bowl. 
This isn't a case where you can really pick and choose. We are here judging 99, 98, 97. But they let me stand here and start talking. And I wanted to talk about Chris Jones. Two sacks, his first two sacks in the playoffs, I may remind you. Playoff Frank Clark also appears to be a thing. I can't explain it. I don't care to. I guess it's real because he is not a misspoken phrase here. He is an all-time great at bringing down the quarterback in the playoffs. And that's the other thing that it was tonight. And we'll take some calls. Mahomes on the field on CBS with uh, cameos from Orlando Brown and Travis Kelsey were excellent. I'm going to bring you those as well. We'll, of course, bring you all the pressers we can get from Arrowhead. Sound from the locker room. We're going to load you up tonight. But it is not a cliche. It is not fan service. It is not an oversimplification to say that this was a quintessential team game. How'd you all feel when Sky Moore was back there to return punts? I didn't even want to tell Beards. The first time he was back there, I said, did you hear that? And Beards went, hear what? I said, shut up. Shh, shh, shh. No, 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 no. Just, 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 just watch. And then Sky Moore, I think one of them got wiped out from a penalty. One of them late in the game there was, was electric. Sky Moore looked good returning punts. Harrison Bucker came out at the end. They didn't trust him earlier with a longer kick. And those free 15 certainly took some relief, I'm sure. Brought some relief to Andy Reid. Took some of the weight off his shoulders. To know, hey, this is a little shorter than it could have been. Great. But the special teams, which had me absolutely deteriorating faith. Special teams stepped up. Tommy Townsend was great. Stupendous. Even when he shouldn't have been punting. He was punting perfectly. You get your Harrison Bucker moment. You get decent field position. You get Sky Moore back there making an impact on special teams. Meanwhile, would you like to hear the players who caught a football for the Kansas City Chiefs today? Marquez Valdez-Scantling, 6 for 116 and a touchdown. Legacy game. In Kansas City, legacy game. Travis Kelsey, 7 for 78. Isaiah Pacheco, 5 for 59. I like this coming into this game. I've got like a couple of, you know, $5 betting slips to prove it. We never really talked about it that much. But him becoming a little more versatile in the the personnel packaging makes the Bengals defend a little bit differently because you don't know what's coming based off the personnel. Thought that might come. Didn't think it was going to be 5 for 59, but there it was. Jarek McKinnon. And here's the drop-off, okay? 116, 78, and 59 yards for MVS, Kelsey, and Pacheco. Everybody else here is in the teens or below. One, two, or three receptions for this whole group. Jarek McKinnon, Marcus Kemp, Sky Moore, McCole Hardman, Kadarius Toney, Juju Smith-Schuster, Noah Gray. And like half of that list left with an injury, most of those guys didn't come back. So you have MVS and Marcus Kemp and Sky Moore making plays. 
You have a running game that, frankly, I know we're going to talk about the running game. The Chiefs are averaging two yards a carry in this game. 2.1 is your final total. That's uh, elevated by Mahomes' scramble there at the end. You have Patrick Mahomes not being his best self. Gimpy at times. Couple of throws that he couldn't drive quite right off that back foot. I expected that to show up a few times. The question was, can it only happen a few times? Can you stay alive beyond that? The answer was yes, but barely. It was the Mahomes magic scramble there at the end. And it was an exceptional night from the defense that functioned as a unit. There were times in the middle of the field was was rough. Willie Gay and Nick Bolton certainly had some objectionable moments. And overall, though, with a, I'm going to say it and you can't stop me, masterclass from Steve Spagnolo. Oh, it felt good just to say it. Truly a team win. And the Chiefs are going back to the Super Bowl. I want to go to uh, this clip here from the uh, on-field interview on CBS. Was uh, was Patrick Mahomes at first, but I think the first shouting you hear is from Orlando Brown. You'll recognize the voice of Travis Kelsey. And there's just a whole lot in this. How long is it, Beards? Two minutes or so? Minute and a half. Minute and a half. Here's 90 seconds of a bunch of your favorite people saying things you've been thinking all week. Vindication at its best today. And Patrick, what can you say about the job you and your team did? Hurt, ladies, short. Ladies, give them this respect. Yes, sir. Give them this respect. Yes, sir. Stamp them. Well, we do know that you are one of the greatest, and you showed that out here today. Certainly not anywhere close to 100%. How did you guys do this against the Bengals with just coming back? And finally, yes. finishing this one off to head to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I just want to thank God, man. strength to be out here but uh i just with this team man we played together i said it from the beginning when we were in the locker room i said we got to be together and this team stepped up i get the great football team and uh we showed this place that's arrowhead it's not burrowhead out here no it's not burrowhead anymore and you saw travis kelsey it's going to be the kelsey ball against the eagles your early thoughts on heading to arizona to try and beat the eagles to win another super bowl yeah no i mean uh team i've watched them all year long great quarterback great entire team man it's gonna be a great a great challenge for us uh but i'm gonna celebrate this one first so uh i'm gonna make sure i get back with my team i don't think we have any cigars but we'll be ready to go at the super bowl enjoy it good luck i appreciate Mm. Mm. how's it feel does it feel good should feel good Enjoy your cigars if you feel like it. Now you got two weeks to restock for the Super Bowl. Uh, we will bring you Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes. I'm sure MVS. Um, we might see Carlos Dunlap at the podium. I don't know who it'll be yet. Plus, we got interviews from the field, from the locker room. So let's go ahead. I mentioned this uh, last week, and you guys were killer about it. I'm gonna try to go pretty rat a tat tat through the calls today. Get a lot of people on. Get a lot of people a chance to say what you're feeling right now about uh, as Chris Jones called it, Geehaw Field at Burrowhead Stadium. Geehaw! Beards and I didn't even plan that. We just both instinctively decided it was time for both of us on the radio to go. Thought you're coming with me on that one, Beards. I'm sorry. See, we can't plan it. Nah. It's got to happen naturally. When we both decide to say, Yeehaw!
Doesn't feel very good to get left alone on an island like that, does no, it? No, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Let's go to the phones. Paul, you're up first here on the 810 Post Game Show. Hit me, Paul. Hey, how about those battling bastards in Kansas City? You get attrition of your unit, you're in a firefight, and they held the line, and I'm so proud of them. When uh, Mahomes dropped that fumble, I watched him on the sideline. He went down to every player said, you could just see that leadership in his eye. Mm-hmm. Hey, we got this, we got this. And Butker, six-degree weather, are you kidding me, into the wind? He, he was feeling it, you know. So I'm so proud of these guys. I'm so proud of that staff. And I can't say enough about Chris Jones and even the punter, Townsend. Yes, what a sir. great job putting Burles in a, in a difficult position. But the battling bastards are moving on. What a great unit that is. Thanks, guys. Great show. Good stuff, Paul. Let's keep it moving. Butch, you're up next. Butch, how about him? How about a Butch? Butch, it sounds like you're underwater. Butch, it sounds like you're underwater. Figure out your headphones. I'm going to come back and get you at full HD. I don't know what's going on, if you're using headphones or what, but just go ahead and get out from the bottom of the swimming pool and get ready, Butch. We're coming We're coming to you in a second, but the next man up is George. George, you're on 810. Hit me, George. It's called football for a reason. <laughs> You know I've been a special teams proponent all season long. Yes, sir. I've lived and died with them. Butker came through. Townsend has always come through. Uh, we've had good, finally, we've got some good returns. Uh, it's, it's a joy. It's a true joy to see the right part of the game be played correctly. <laughs> uh, I know you have a thing against the foot in football. <laughs> Every and, once and in a I while. Say, no, no. Hold your true colors. <laughs> I say too bad. They've, they've done their job. It is the crucial third leg of the tripod Whoa. of truth and justice. Whoa! Beards, mark the tripod of truth and justice, please. Sir, are you going to even try to eat a cheesesteak between now and the game. I would never. I would not. I will not allow for a cheese ta- a cheesesteak to get betwixt these lips. Not the, Not these next two weeks. No, sir. Good man. Good man. You know where to find us. We'll be there. George, I appreciate you, sir. Always good to hear from you. Uh, let's go uh, back to Butch. Beards are going to go back to Butch. Butch, go ahead and cook it up for me again, sir. Gentlemen, can you hear me? Gentlemen, I got you. Gentlemen. <laughs> How about those AFC champions, Kansas City Chiefs? Just as good the second time, Butch. Listen, I tell you several times before when I come on here, when I think about seasons like this, guys, I, I can't help but to think about my late father, my late cousin. You know, they never lived long enough to see the Chiefs even play in a Super Bowl. You know, we're going to three and four years. So it's tough not to be emotional. But the game is about emotion. Mm. And you saw it out there. You got a quarterback on one leg, right? You have young guys in the secondary who are just trying to make a name for themselves, going up against an all-world team. Cincinnati has the true makeup of what should have been a Super Bowl champion. Mm. And, and they brought it all four quarters to Arrowhead, right to you. And, man, I didn't know. I'm not going to front, JB. I thought we were cooked. (laughs) I thought thought we were cooked. But the things that I got on here and I cried about all dang season long, I was wrong. I'm an idiot, dude. I don't know what I'm talking about. Sky Moore, return the punt. The 
Mahomes back there. I lied to you guys. I'll leave you with this. That is not just some dude back there playing quarterback, wearing mm-hmm. number 15 in red. That is indeed God disguised as Patrick Mahomes playing for your team to a third Super Bowl. <laughs> Talk to you in a couple of weeks, Butch, you maniac. Who we got next? Oh, we got Gary next. Gary, cook one up for me, man. How's it going? Really good. Can't complain tonight. <laughs> all, those, all those things we complained about. Well, I complained about we all here. We all. Hey, Spagnolo, your front four, they kicked some butt. They didn't do it all game, but man, when they needed it, Chris Jones, you said you were going to re- you were going to. You were going to take care of that. You took care of that, Chris Jones. Way to go. Patrick Mahomes, nothing can be said that describes you, Patrick Mahomes. You're otherworldly. For you to put this team on your back when your receivers are down, to risk yourself to pick up extra yards just to try and get us in the field goal range and get hit out of bounds like that, Patrick Mahomes, you're otherworldly. Steve Spagnuolo, otherworldly, and I'll leave you with this. Chris Jones now has more playoff sacks than Derek Nottie. Good night. (laughs) Gary, appreciate you always. Win, lose, got close to a draw a couple of times. Always good to hear from you, man. Next up, we got Rodney. Rodney, you're on 810. What's up, Rodney? What's going on, Josh? Now, I've been waiting for this since, (laughs) since watching my homes run. I'm just going to give credit where credit is due. Brandon Cook, William McGuffey, that whole entire rookie secondary spashed through all them rookies into the fire, and they came back with that fire and said, we're ready to cook. Those guys earned every single moment of it. That co- The DB coach, good God almighty, that guy is, is amazing. Unreal. That interception with Brandon Cook, that was all – coaching because he did not make the same mistake twice. Mm. I can tell what he what the coach told him to do and that double team worked right into perfection. They told him don't go inside. You got help on the inside. Just take it. And the play the ball went right to him. Perfect coaching. That defensive front absolutely perfect. Absolutely. And, and I know I just like Eric B. Enemy said, they drug their ass across the finish line, and that's what it, that's what it is. They drug their ass across the finish line. I'm going to listen. I'll say Rodney, I appreciate you. And also the shout-out for Dave Merritt, DB's coach. He's been here for a minute. He's been doing this for a while. There is a reason that Legereus Sneed and Rashad Fenton and, and these guys who have come out of low draft pick windows have become contributors so fast. I remember back at I think it was the first OT, first rookie mini camp, if memory serves, with Steve Spagnuolo in town. I was out there for one of the practices. I was watching him work with one of the young guys. It must have been Snead at the time, I guess. I don't know that would have. I don't know if that lines up on all the timing. But one, it was a, a rookie mini camp, and I saw a coach over off to the side working one on one with a defensive back on, with a corner on some drills or something, some hand placement and stuff like that. I thought it was kind of interesting. So I was trying to figure out who it was. Steve Spagnuolo. He loves it. 
I, I think I think he loves working with the corners. Dave Merritt has been stupendous. And then also a name that we haven't said as much because he got promoted recently with some of the shuffling around. Donald D'Alessio, safeties coach as well. Defensive back coaches have been outrageous here. Beard, you got something for me? Uh, from our own Dylan Michaels, uh, 12 minutes ago, Patrick Mahomes tweeted the uh, gif of, Who do you think you are? I am! One of the great, that's got to be in the system somewhere, Beards. I, I saw that. I retweeted the gif of it. Uh, we got to find the audio of that if, that, if that just wants to be the uh, the theme of the night. Um, Beards, will you keep also working with our man Todd Lebo out at Arrowhead about sorting out the last couple of texts back and forth? Because I'd like to get that figured out as best as we can. We're expecting a really good crew at the podium. Uh, Frank Clark, Chris Jones, Marquez Valdez, Scantling. Man, that dump button's going to get some work during Chris Jones. It might. It might. And Frank Clark. If you're worried about your children listening right now, that might be something you need to keep an eye on. Uh, And then also uh, Brett Veach and Clark Hunt, all expected to, uh, to be at the podium at some point here tonight. So we're going to bring you all that. Uh, we also are going to have to get in some uh, some breaks here. But I think, Beards, if you can keep starting that with Lebo. My thought is, we hear from uh, Nick, Dylan, and Turn It to 11 over here. We say, everybody hold on for the calls for a second. We'll sneak in a quick timeout. we got to manage the clock on our own. Then we come back and start bringing podium pressers. that sound good to you, Beards? Beards gave me the so-so hand sign. Well, here's what I know for sure. We blow through these three calls. Hear what you three got to say. I'm going to go ahead and put the phones on hold here for just a minute. So if you don't get through, we, we might open them back up later. Because this is obviously a special occasion. And I've really enjoyed the calls tonight already but uh, if you get a busy signal hold tight we're trying to make magic happen over here and next up we got turn it to 11 let's go ahead and turn it to 11 then hey what's on your mind yep i'm gonna go ahead whoop hey i just hung up on dylan i lost dylan we got 11 11 what's on your mind dylan if you call back in tell beards i hung up on you we'll get you back Man, how about them Chiefs, man? How about them? Man, hey, I got to give a shout-out to all them haters out there, man. A lot of people, Shannon Sharp, all the mainstream people counted us out. And I had told everybody, I said, the defense, front, the front four got to step out. I mean, mm-hmm. shout-out to Chris Jones. Shout-out to all of them. Shout-out to Sky Moore when he got that punch. Shout-out to Mahomes. Shout out to Kelsey. Shout out to our secondary, man. This is what it looks like. That's why I've always told people I've ne- I'm never afraid when we play Cincinnati. The only thing that frustrates me is that we don't capitalize on when we when our defense shuts them down. Today we didn't. I do a couple couple of times we we left some points on the board, but for the most part, when our defense stepped up, our offense stepped up. That's how I gotta be. That's how you beat these people. So, man, shout out to you, man. I appreciate you doing your show, man, and let's go ahead and win this Super Bowl. I'm excited to be here in a couple of weeks, man. Thank you for listening. Thank you for the call. It, it you can you can just do the shout out line. I mean, it is there are so many people who stepped up here, and then yeah, we're gonna get to enjoy a couple of weeks of uh, Bart Scott screenshots going around saying the Chiefs will miss the playoffs. I mean, it's just just about as good as you could draw it up. All right, we got Dylan for real this time. Dylan, sorry for the fat fingers. What's on your mind? Hey, no worries. Uh, I wanted to call in about the um, the Chris Jones extension because mm-hmm. I think you're absolutely right. This is a, a legacy game for Chris Jones. Um, it was a, it was a I mean Burrow had his chance at the end, and Chris Jones said he was the better player. Yeah. And I remember three years ago there was a debate about whether we should extend him. I don't know where everybody fell on that on that debate. Um, but I think looking back, it was the absolute right call because in any sport, there's no divine right. The Bengals thought they had a divine right to go back to the Super Bowl. Mm. Um, 
and the front the front office, Andy Reid and Chris Jones, um, decided that uh, that that we need to bring him back, and it made it made a big difference in this game. It sure did, Dylan. I appreciate the call. I think you're exactly right, and I think we're going to see that come to fruition again this offseason as well because I just don't want to see this. I don't want to see this defense without Chris Jones any more than I want to see this offense without Travis Kelsey. Someday that day may come. May come. I'm not convinced either of them aren't immortal, but I don't need to see that any sooner than is absolutely necessary, and I think that this game, mercifully, is going to help lock that down. It'll be expensive. It's going to be a lot of money. What will it look like at the end of the contract? I don't care. I mean, I do from like a team building standpoint, right? But you can ask me what the contract will look like in 2027. Fair question. I'd ask you, what's the defense going to look like in 2024 if 95 is not in the middle of it? I think today we got, we, we got a pretty good idea what that might look like. Next up, we got Nick. Nick, you're on 810. What's up, Nick? Hey, Josh. Uh, first off, MVP open to the uh, uh, the, the post game show. That was Thank incredible. You. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, but I, so I've been listening to sports radio for probably twenty years at this point. Never called in. I was compelled because if you're going to Hollywood, you're pitching a script. How on earth can you, you know, in the course of a, the last minute of the game, Chris Jones never has a sack, gets his second, followed by Sky Moore, who has fumbled over and over and over and over again, gets a great run back, followed by our hobbled quarterback, gets the first down, and then we kick to win. Uh, incredible. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And Nick, if that's your first time, long time, it's a good one, and it's a good time to pull the trigger. Appreciate you listening, man. (laughs) Thank you. We got one more call here, then we're going to take a quick timeout, and then we're going to bring you all the stuff we can from Arrowhead, because, man, I think it's going to be a little spicy. Always a little spicy to hear from Dan as well. Dan, close us out for this segment, my man. Hey, Joshua, how you doing? Super Bowl bound. How about that defense? How about the, uh, Chris Jones finally getting that first career second running, wrecking havoc on Burrow? He made just that couple of plays on that fourth down. I couldn't believe he completed that to Chase, you know. But a great team win. How about Sky Moore fumbling over Tons Hole? Well, you know, making the, the play in the night where you get the 50 yards on the 48-yard line, then the roughing the you know, on the Mahomes, and then the game-winning field on the Bucker. Let's go and take care of the Eagles. Let's run on third Super Bowl. Championship. Take care, Joshua. Appreciate it as always, Dan. I'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Appreciate everybody calling in, listening in tonight. It's already been, it's already been a tremendous evening. I think the next couple hours are going to be pretty fun as well. I'm Joshua Briscoe. Beards McFly on the other side of the glass. Dylan Michaels producing here on the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show. Brought to you by CBD American Shaman. Free CBD samples every day. When we come back, we're going to start hearing press conferences live from Arrowhead Stadium. Let me check my notes. Yep, sure looks like that's still what it's called. Looking to his right, Burrow in trouble, and he is sacked by Chris Jones. He beats a Denigy, and it's fourth down. That, of course, is our defensive player of the game, Chris Jones, presented by Slegel Fence. When you need a fence, call Slegel Fence. Slegel Fence installs it all from wood to ornamental steel to vinyl to chain link. No job is too large, and it'll look great, too. Schedule your free estimate by going to SlegelFence.com or call 816-863-6159. We go live to Arrowhead right now as Chiefs Chairman and CEO Clark Hunt speaks. Um, in the 
course of any season, you're always going to face adversity. And I really feel like uh, during this past week, we almost faced a season's worth of adversity, starting with Patrick's ankle injury last week and Travis's back tightening up on him on Friday. And then, of course, all the injuries tonight, particularly at the receiver position. Uh, but Andy and the guys did a, a tremendous job and uh, were able to overcome it and get it done. Uh, I also want to mention uh, the fans tonight. Uh, they were incredible. Uh, I had multiple people mention to me what a great atmosphere this was, how loud it was, uh, the energy level. Um, of course, that's that's always true of any game uh, here at GEHA Field at Arrowhead. But I thought it was particularly true tonight and uh, getting to celebrate uh, winning the Lamar Hunt Trophy uh, with our fans. Um, it's very, very special for our family and the entire organization. With that, I'll open it up. Our third time going back to Super Bowl in the past four seasons as an order, does it get any better? Well, I, I, I don't know that it gets better, but uh, we do know not to take it for granted. Uh, one of the things about uh, going 50 years uh, between Super Bowls is it teaches you how much uh, to appreciate it. You know, certainly over the last uh, five years, uh, we've been blessed to be in uh, five straight AFC championship games uh, all here at home. And uh, the three Super Bowls that, that you mentioned, uh, it's special, but we're not going to take it for granted. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll get out there and try to claim another Lombardi. Clark, given that you traded Tyreek Hill back this spring, you had a bunch of young guys playing for you on defense. What were your expectations for this season, say, over the summer? Well, internally, uh, we had high expectations, understanding the challenge of playing with a bunch of young players. If you listen to uh, much of the national media, um, you know, you would have thought that we had no chance. Um, I remember, you know, Andy uh, commenting in response to a question that, you know, we're not going to be too bad ourselves uh, because people were talking about the other teams in the AFC West. Uh, obviously, really, the credit goes to Andy and the coaching staff uh, for getting those young players ready to play. And, uh, of course, tonight uh, we had uh, numerous young players step up, uh, some who haven't played very much uh, over the course of the season. They, they had an opportunity tonight, and they really shined. Mark, just having seen Patrick as much as you have over these last few years, does this game stand on, on its own in some way for what you have to do to do that? And I wonder also if you thought of the, the run that kind of, uh, you know, in the crucible there yeah, Andy and I were talking about Patrick uh, earlier in the week, and uh, I mentioned to him that uh, the great ones always find a way uh, to get it done, uh, particularly when they're facing adversity. And uh, Patrick certainly uh, showed that tonight. Uh, you know, tremendous performance all the way around. Clearly, his ankle didn't feel very good uh, in the fourth quarter, and uh, the game couldn't have had a better finishing sequence than having Patrick, um, you know, make that run, uh, get the penalty, put us in field goal position uh, that ultimately led to the win. You know, watching the play, I was like, well, you know, Superman put his cape on and, and got it done for us. And, uh, you know, just tremendous performance all the way around by, by Patrick. Jared. Clark, this game almost was played in Atlanta, and there's been a lot of conversation about perhaps the NFL will take the conference championships to neutral sites. I know you got to be a little biased about it, but that being said, what are your thoughts on that possibility? 
Yeah. Well, we were certainly ready to play the game uh, at a neutral side if, if that's the way it turned out. We understood the uh, unusual sequence uh, at the end of the season in terms of uh, the, the Buffalo sense of game not being able to be completed. Um, you know, I think Andy said it best that, you know, we'd be happy to play the game in the McDonald's parking lot, and, and that was true. Um, you know, Andy's teams are, are just as good on the road, uh, typically, as they are at home. Uh, so it wasn't something that we shied away from. On the other hand, we were very excited to get to, to play in front of our great fans. Uh, one of the things that I've learned over the last five years is how special these championship games are when you get to play them at home and you get to celebrate with your fans. <clears throat> and I know that my dad was a, a proponent uh, at times of taking the AFC and NFC championship games to neutral sites. Uh, but I think based on our experience, I think it's best uh, to give the team that, that earns that right the chance to play the game at home. There's Clark Hunt, Chiefs chairman and CEO, and would like to see games keep happening at Arrowhead Stadium, which is a good take for my money. We expect to hear from Chiefs general manager Brett Veach momentarily as well. You can listen to all of the pressers live here on 810. You can also watch them on the Sports Radio 810 social media uh, feeds, the Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook Live. You can watch us, see the pressers, and see our smiling faces across the board. Uh, A big shout out to uh, ReapZZ on Twitch for 20 gifted subs for the community over there. It's a good stuff if you want to jump in and join the Twitch people. In the meantime, here's the Veach people, GM Brett Veach. Always uh, an amazing experience. Uh, want to thank Clark Hunt and his family for all their support, Mark Donovan and his crew, and the coaching staff. Certainly don't want to leave out Rick Burkholder and his crew. Uh, joked this week that we were like the healthiest team all year, and then uh, one of the biggest games of the year, we had a, a bunch of injuries, but his guys just um, you know grinded overtime and, and got these guys ready to roll, so um, big tip of the cap to, to Rick and his crew and then um, certainly my staff. Uh, we had a long spring and a lot of tough decisions and uh, there's a lot of hours in that in that film room but um, I have total faith in those guys and those guys have total faith in me and uh, again can't thank them enough for all their support and uh, with that I'll take your questions. Greg, can you give me greater perspective what the Yeah, well, I think it just speaks to the strength of the organization, and we have a great coaching staff, um, obviously a generational talent at quarterback. Um, but, you know, we're, we're deep throughout the organization, and, you know, we have a great scouting staff. And, um, you know, we, we didn't go into the offseason just throwing darts. I mean, we knew we had tough decisions to make, but at the same time, um, we put together a really good plan, and, and we trusted in, in our process, and we trusted in the coaching staff to, um, to lead these young uh, young individuals, and, and it was crazy tonight to see you look up and 35 has an interception, 23 has an interception, 6 has the tip, 24 with the punt return, uh, 10 with the, um, you know, he's been big all year, so, um, and George had a sack, so, I mean, the whole crew stepped up, uh, and that's what you need to do to win these type of games, and it's a long season, you have to have tremendous depth, and these guys were, were amazing all year, and they're going to continue to get better. I said you, you weren't throwing darts here, you like the guys you brought in, yeah. Yeah, well, I think so. I mean, maybe it was out of necessity because we had a lot of turnover. Um, but again, you know, every every time we approach an offseason, whether it be a free agent signing or, or draft pick, I mean, we have full confidence in, in our staff's ability to bring talented players in, and our coaches get the most out of them. So, um, I thought I think you saw early on, you guys. 
were at the OTAs and the, the training camps. I think it was pretty clear early on that this would be a special group, and they were certainly a big part of this whole whole journey here. Yeah, I think it's similar to all the all the great ones, and they'll have roster turnovers, and they'll find a way, and they'll have injuries, and they'll find a way, and. You know, Patrick's at the top of that list, in my opinion. I'm biased, but, I mean, he's uh, he's incredible. And then, I mean, people don't realize how hurt he was. Um, I mean, we all saw the injury. I mean, it was – I mean, high, high ankles are, are terrible injuries, and sometimes guys miss two, three weeks. And he was out there and running for a first down and or a – a big play in the game that got us in field goal range, and obviously with the with the late hit there that put us in range. But um, you know, it just adds to the like already great legacy. Right. Uh, Adam mentioned the, the trade for of Tyree. Uh, I imagine obviously that's a, a huge decision. How much is this year a confirmation of if we have Patrick, you know, we're going to be okay with what we surround him with? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a confirmation of that. You know, we we have confidence in you know in our, in our process, and, and um, again, our guys work extremely hard and. You guys know from our, our pre-draft um, meetings, and we were joking around about the running back situation, and there'll be a uh, you know a lot of running backs left in the draft. But I, I think it just goes um, you know to show that you know I have a really talented staff, and I think that you know the hard work pays off, and uh, we have a process, and I think we'll you know we're always going to be uh, certainly motivated to continue to add talent and depth to this roster and, and provide Coach and Pat what they need. Last story, Rhett. Uh... A lot of people are going to talk about Coach and his time in Philly, but that's where you were too. What's this mean uh, to you to be facing your organization? Yeah, no, it's special, and they're they're a really good team. I mean, from the start of the season, um, they came out of the gate and they were undefeated, and um, you know they they built that team with a you know a talented quarterback, but their fronts are are amazing. I mean, their offensive line is really talented, and their defense line it seems like they have thirty guys that can rush the passer. So um, it's going to be a really really tough game, and. Uh, as coach would say, we look forward to the, the challenge, so it'll be, it'll be a lot of fun. Last one, Sam. Did you sense something? Does it mean more to be this particular team? Obviously, I can't speak for the players. I mean, I, I certainly think so. I mean, you're talking about a team that knocked you out last year. I mean, they're a really good team. And... Um, you know, we were certainly impressed by what they did last week against Buffalo. I mean, that's Buffalo's an awesome organization, you know, extremely talented team, and, and what what they did um, to go into Buffalo and, and and to put up all those points. Um, but you know, certainly last year, I mean, we had some opportunities to to go to the Super Bowl, and 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 we didn't make plays; they did. So to have that chance, that you know, redemption there was certainly certainly sweet. I think for the whole organization. Yep. There's Chiefs General Manager Brett Veach live from Arrowhead next up, expecting to hear from the quarterback. Just a ton of fascinating stuff soaked throughout every millimeter of this game. Uh, We'll have a lot of time to unpack it the rest of the show tonight. Holy bleep, it's 10.20 already? Huh! I got more energy than I, I thought I was going to. I haven't sat down yet. I thought I'd sit down once press conferences started. I'm not intending on it, but my ankles feel good. I wonder about Patrick Mahomes. Here he is live from Arrowhead. I didn't expect to be able to run very much um, just from the way it felt, but uh, the training staff, Julie, did a great job of uh, getting me enough range uh, and mobility that I was able to protect myself. And at the end of the game there, I had a run to, to get the first down, and we were, it got us into field goal range. So uh, uh, credit to them. And then uh, just trying to stay on it, and uh, we have two more weeks, so we got to keep doing it. Is there a point, though, you knew 
just sort of felt, yeah, I tried to a couple times in the game where I was trying to get through spots that I usually could get through, um, and you could see that I didn't have that burst that I usually have. So um, I got the ball out of my hands quickly. I think you saw that. I threw a few, probably a few more checkdowns than I usually would throw um, and relied on my teammates to make the plays happen, and that's what they did. Patrick, there were a couple of weekends, Patrick, when you had a run left with the third down pass from the goal. Yeah, it, it was. It's, I think y'all saw it. Was, I said the stopping was going to be the hardest part, and of course, obviously throwing across your body, keep to plant that right leg and twist across the throw. So I definitely didn't feel good. I think the worst one was when I fumbled. I like, try to pick it up, and I, that was probably the worst I, I tweak that I had during the game. But uh, like I said, they got me. They got me close as they could to 100, percent and then um, I just battled through, and I'll have a few more weeks to get it ready. Just kind of lost the handle, thinking about Yeah, it, it was. It wasn't. I thinking that it was wide open. The guy, I was going to throw it to Marquez. They blitzed, um, and so he was going to be wide open and just slipped right out of my hand. And obviously, I tried to pick it up, and I didn't. Wasn't able to do that. So, luckily, it didn't cost us the game because it was a big moment in the game. And our defense stepped up. Um, and got some stops for us there at the end. Patrick, you guys are really good at, at not letting the trash talk get back to the podium. Um, Travis made it obvious that he had heard some of that. Just how inside the locker room is motivating between you guys to, to kind of gear up um, for this type of matchup? Yeah, I think guys were probably the most pumped up I'd seen them going into a football game. Uh, a lot of trash talk coming from a lot of different places. I think no one picked us to win. If so, it was like 5% of people. Um, and uh, we think we've built up enough uh, enough respect to, to have a chance to go out and win every game. So uh, whenever you feel like you're the underdog, when you're playing at Arrowhead Stadium, uh, it gets guys ready to go. What was it in particular they said? Was it the Burrowhead stuff? Yeah, I mean, you got Burrowhead. You said, I mean, they beat us last time. They were talking about we, we got to play them. There was a lot of stuff. I mean, the mayor came at me, man. I mean, <laughs> I, mean I understand he's the mayor of Cincinnati, so he has to think about something. But, uh, I mean, it's... It, it's something that you just got to play the football game and then let your play do the talking. Patrick, when you tweaked it earlier, when you made that run, was that in the back of your mind at all? Like, I don't know if I can push off this way, I got to make this run, or how did you process that as you went into that run? Um, throughout the game, I think I just tried to. I tried to do whatever I could to, to, to win, and obviously there was times where you could see that it wouldn't let me do what I wanted to, but uh, I was able to do enough in that last play to get the first down and, and, and get myself out of bounds um, and try to give Harrison a chance to win, and uh, obviously we got the flag, and he pushed me <laughs> pushed me pretty late there, um, but uh, yeah, I was just trying to, the defense had gotten stops for us like the last two drives, and we, we had opportunities to get in field goal range, and we didn't, so I knew I was going to do whatever I could to get us in field goal range, and then Harrison made the kick. Yeah, I mean, the way we've played the last couple games, I mean, you saw it was very similar to these last games where we get ahead and they come back and beat us, and that's credit to them, man. They had a great team and great leaders over there. Um, but uh, we felt like we, we needed to get this win. We wanted to play this team, um, and uh, we got them at Arrowhead Stadium, and uh, we were able to finish the job this time. And, I mean, the job's not finished for us. I mean, we got a chance to, to go up against a great football team in, in Philadelphia Eagles. Um, and so we had to enjoy this uh, for about a day. Um, and then uh, get right back to it because uh, I've been in the Super Bowl, man, if, and uh, winning it's a lot better than losing it. What did it mean to you guys, to you personally, legacy-wise, to your organization, to win Yeah, I'd appreciate it a, a way more. I mean, I, I, I don't want to say that in a bad way. I think uh, when I first got in the league, it all, all happened so fast. Um, I won the MVP. I won the, I won the Super Bowl, and I thought that was just kind of how it went. You were going to play. I listened to Coach what Coach Reed said, and that stuff happens. And now that I've, I've dealt with uh, failure, um, losing the AFC Championship, losing the Super Bowl, 
I know how, how much hard work and daily grind that it takes. And so I'm just excited to get to that game with the, with the teammates that I have here. And it's a lot of new team, teammates that haven't been in these Super Bowl games. And so let's bring them along and, and prepare them so that we can go out and put our best best uh, foot forward. Patrick, what worked on the, on the touchdown pass to, to MBS? What did you see sort of pre-snap? And uh, I think MBS yeah, no, it was a. Uh, he was kind of like the third progression in the read. We had a good protection going, and the offensive line gave me a lot of time. Um, and so I alerted. I wanted to look at Kelsey first, and they did a good. They sent a double team to him, um, and then I so I reset back to the deep cross uh, that we had, and the safety jumped that. And so just both those safeties having to double team Travis and jumping that. Um, I, I just tried to get back to it, and I saw that that hand go up. He's like six five, and he has a long long arm. So he threw the hand up, and I couldn't really see in front of him. So I tried to throw a line drive to him, and he was able to make a big play for us in a big part uh, big part of the game. Patrick, you went into this game with about as many weapons as you had in a long time, and then they just kept dropping as went. What was it like to go through the game and look up and get Marcus King from the huddle and all that? Yeah, it was a wild week, man. Uh, we got guys back. We lost guys. We had guys kind of questionable or whatever you want to say. Um, and so um, I was proud of those guys and how they battled, man. Not everybody was feeling 100% out there, and they went out there and battled anyways. Um, but let's try to get those guys back now. And, and get, we have the extra week, and hopefully we can get them back as many guys as possible. And and the good thing about having a guy like Kemp is he's the guy I was throwing to in scout team and, and in training camp my first year here. So I've built up that that trust in him and know he's going to be in the right spot. And uh, every time he gets in, man, he seems like he made something good happen. So I, I, was, I was happy for him. Last one, Patrick. Uh, Fred Beach said people didn't realize how hurt you were performance tonight adds to a great legacy. What do you feel like this performance, in your opinion, fits in your legacy? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard for me to comment on it. Um, me, my goal is to win the Super Bowl. Um, and obviously the AFC Championship is something that I'll forever remember, winning that Lamar Hunt trophy at Arrowhead Stadium. Um, but to, to me, the job's not finished. Uh, I mean, all you can think about is that how, how are you going to get better? I mean, we're playing – I mean, this is a great football team that we're going up against. I think you've seen that the last few weeks in this whole entire season. Um, so I know it's to take the best that we got, um, and that's going to take us preparing this next week and the next week after that um, to go out there and play our best football. Thank you. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. There's Patrick Mahomes, and uh, we'll have Chris Jones momentarily, uh, but first. Patrick Mahomes press conference brought to you by Xfinity. Xfinity Internet. Stay connected with Wi-Fi coverage that delivers the speed, reliability, and coverage you need. Can your internet do that? From 15 to 95, Beards, watch the dump button. Here's Chris Jones. Sit here with me. I'll move next to Ruth. How y'all doing? Good. Chris, uh, what was it like? Um, you guys got after the quarterback early. And late, um, just take us through kind of what worked for you guys tonight on the defensive line. I just think um, the back end showed up really, really well for us. Gave us an extra second to um, get to the quarterback. And um, the front five, front four, played resilient tonight, man. Those guys, they showed up, answered the call when needed. Mike Dana, George Carloftis, Frank Clark, being Frank Clark, doing Frank Clark things. He's moving up in the record books. So um, I think we just played resilient and stopped the run. We was able to get after him. Um, I think I planned for this game. Um, my whole off season was dedicated to this game. Uh, I missed a few big plays last year. Uh, unfortunate that I was able to move forward, and I put that on my shoulders. So this off season, I dedicated my whole off season to making sure when that moment calls for me again, uh, specifically, that I'll, I'll answer the call. It looked like before the, the last snap, maybe you thought about going inside, and obviously you went outside. What was the 
Um, yeah, the last play, I think it was gun far. Um, they end up bringing the tight end up, motion out the back. And when they gave me that look earlier in the game, I was getting a tackle in the guard. And I figured since the tight end was on the line, they was on the mass protection, keeping the tight end in, making them chip, chip the D in. So in my head, I was thinking maybe I can get a one-on-one -on -one with the tight end. If not, I can get a one-on-one -on -one with the tackle, and I uh, I feel pretty good about it. Chris, yeah, folks, yeah, Chris, good job keeping it down this week of the back and forth, as in the first four, right? You guys didn't really respond. I wonder if you stayed up for that at all out there today. And how you did that, I'm sure you were able to. Listen, man, we're not a team that talks, okay? We're not a team that talks. We just go out and play the game respectfully, but don't ever, ever, ever disrespect Arrowhead Stadium at G-E-H-A. Okay. <laughs> you mentioned the uh, disrespect. You, uh, just some, some uh, with the disrespect earlier on in the season, man, and, and coming into this game. Uh, does that make this win that much more special because you guys were counted out in this game? Listen, man, for some reason we're always counted out, whether it's in our division, whether it's in against the Bengals. They done beat us three times. And, you know, we knew we, we enjoy the, the, the motivation that being counted out give us. I think we got a lot of competitors on this team. We look forward to the challenge. I want to know, tell me about these uh, mice on your shoulder. Listen, it's an old jacket. I haven't, I had it like two years ago and I seen Joe Burrow wear the teddy bear and I was like, I can't let him outdo me, right? So I had to bring out a teddy bear. <laughs> uh, it, I, I mean, had, there'd been a lot made about Chris Jones doesn't have any playoff sacks. Like, had that been weighing on you at all? And how did it feel to get, get not just one, but two today? It'd been a lot made by you guys. Y'all make it bigger than what it is. I really personally do not care about stats in the playoffs. My job is to make sure that I, I, I play hard, play physical, set a different style out of the line of scrimmage, and uh, make my teammates around me make plays. And whether it's taking a double team the whole game, or whether it's getting the one-on-one -on -one and winning. Um, I think you guys actually blew it, blew it out of proportion. It don't really matter to me, but I'm fortunate that you guys can have another story. <laughs> Chris Jones finally got a sack, you know? Chris, did you your mind at all when you got it? No, no. It, it, I knew it entered you guys' mind like Chris Jones finally got it. That wasn't a goal for me, okay? I just want you guys to know. But you guys, I understand the logic of it. Um, 11 games, no sacks, so I get it. Four more. Pete, Chris, uh, thinking back to after you won the Super Bowl, right after you were talking dynasty right away, and it's been a long road back, just what will it mean to get this opportunity? Where if you win, I think a lot of people feel like, okay, we're, we're, we're there. Um, the opportunity itself is important. I'm grateful for the opportunity. I don't want to start no dynasty talk. You got to start blowing it out of proportion. Um, right now, we got a we got a challenge ahead of us against a, a heck of a team. So we're looking forward to preparing for those guys and um, playing in the Super Bowl again. We're back, baby. Mike, we're back. Chris Patrick said he was very motivated to make to make something happen with the stocks you guys were hitting. Uh, what motivation did you guys draw from what you did with him? Listen, Pat is a warrior. I don't have to sit up here and tell you how resilient Pat is. His game speaks for itself. What he did for four quarters there, what he did for 
two and a half quarters last game. I mean, he's a Brazilian guy, so I think his, his play speaks for itself. Yeah, I was going to follow up with that, too, just, you know, knowing Washington Powell being around, what do you think it took for him to go out there and play today? Nothing. <laughs> he got treatment all week. I mean, what you guys want me to say? He got treatment all week. He was good. He, he played fantastic, though, man. God is good. We waited for this moment all year. We knew it may be an opportunity. We get to see those guys again, but we are back, baby. See y'all in Arizona. We felt like Chris Jones might bring some good energy to the pressers today. Even kept it clean. Here's Marquez Valdez Scantling. Marquez, both receiving for the in a Chiefs game today. So, I mean, just why did everything come together for you in this one? Um, I don't know. Um, ball just got put in the air, and I made the play. Not really, you know, any special secret, you know, no uh, secret sauce. Just ball went up, made the play. Um, I mean, just him showing up every day. It wasn't really a specific thing. It was just, you know, Pat's a competitor. You know, one of the most competitive guys I've, I've ever been around. So I knew if he could go, he's going to go. And, and he went. So. Marquez, you guys started the game with about as many of your weapons together as you've had in a long, long time. Kind of dropping off. What was it like, you know, in the huddle and on the bench? Was it just like, who's going to be in the, in the play? Yeah, I mean, it was uh, a little chaotic. But, you know, we... We got a, a bunch of good guys, man, from, from top to bottom. And I think, you know, that was able to, to showcase today. You know, obviously, you never want to see, you know, three guys go down from the same position. Um, and being able to, you know, watch Sky come in and, and Marcus Kim come in and, and play and, and contribute, um, you know, that was huge, you know, because they, you know, were going down on special teams and having to go right back in on offense. And there were just three of us. And we had to make it work. Um, and we did, you know, we had some. Some huge plays by, by both of those guys. Um, you know, punt return by Sky. Um, Marcus with the the curl route on the backside of one of those plays to get the first down. You know, I think that was just big to see those guys. You know, prepare all week, all year. You know, because you never know where your number is going to be called. And lo and behold, you know, got called tonight. Marquez, can you take us through your touchdown from your vantage point? Uh, yeah. So actually, I was like the last read on that play. Um, and uh, it was like a zero coverage to me and the, the cornerback. I think they doubled Trav. Um, he was the first read. And once I seen that you know, safety trigger on Trav and the corner was outside leverage, I was just like, yo, Pat, throw me the ball. You know, I threw my hand up. And, you know, he's always, you know, finding a way to, to get people the ball. You know, he has eyes all over his head. And uh, he made it happen. I knew he was going to make it. You know, this is what this team is, man. We uh, we battled through so much adversity. Um, you know, we were you know, heavily doubted, you know, all week, all year. And uh, we just continue to show people why you shouldn't doubt us. Well, as you can see your excitement in your tweet right after the game, can you describe your emotion? Yeah, man, this is my, my third championship game. You know, I've been with... Uh, the Packers with the two of them uh, got beat to sleep by the 49ers in the first one. And then the second one, you know, lost uh, to Tampa in a heartbreaker. 
you know, so being able to get to this one and uh, win it, you know, it was uh, one of those moments you can't really describe. Good. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Marquez Valdez Scantling there at the podium from Arrowhead. And are we close to the end of the podium parade? I was told we'd have um, Frank Clark at some point. Oh, yeah. Frank Clark still hasn't talked yet. Good I God. I haven't heard anything from Lebo. We've also got it. No, I think you're right. I think we are still waiting on Frank Clark. It's just been uh, a lot of guys with a lot of things to say because this is how it works when you go back to the Super Bowl. Plus, we got a ton of guys from our man Stephen St. John in the locker room. He is just sending the entire roster back. Basically, basically the whole roster. We're going to get 53 pressers today. Uh, of course, you'll be able to hear more of those on the Border Patrol tomorrow morning on the zone in the middays, the program in the afternoon. We're going to have a whole lot to talk about all across the board here on your home for the Super Bowl and your home for the best Chiefs coverage in Kansas City, right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB, Kansas City, I believe. Uh, nope, sorry, my uh, my wrist buzz, and I thought, oh, maybe that's a text from Lebo saying that Frank Clark is on the way. No, it was just it's just uh, Steven, Steven bombarding with, us with more player audio. With, with, with this 15th clip of the day, and that's barely an exaggeration. You can hear how a lot of this affected these guys. Like, this is not just all the, the talking, right? Not just all the trash talk and everything that's come up as many times as it already has tonight, but just what this team wanted to accomplish. And look, like, I'll tell you, I, I, uh, I had to put a pick on the record, so I picked the Bengals to win by one point because the Chiefs are 0-3 against this team, and I wanted to see it, and I thought, hey, banged up unit, all of that, et cetera, et cetera. I'm ha- that's fine. That's fine. Hater. Hey, you also had it as a one-point win. You just had it being, or one-point loss for the Chiefs. You just had it being 3-2. Not as big of a hater. I think you would have hit the under, and I think I had the over. But it, it honestly is pretty rare for the Chiefs to be genuinely doubted. I didn't have any genuine doubt. I just had to pick a game, so I basically flipped a coin. But from the preseason and some of that silly stuff of people saying, oh, this is finally the year the Chiefs don't win the AFC West, or oh, what are they going to do without Tyreek Hill? You, you can play the disrespect to the nobody believes in us as much as you want. Georgia had guys after the game saying nobody believed in us. But really what it is, is whatever it takes to get you back to this point again. Now it's one game against the Eagles. We'll, we'll prep for them. We'll talk about them. We'll go through the matchups and all that when we arrive. But the Chiefs have pretty much controlled everything they can control this season. They won the AFC West again. They got the number one seed and home field advantage again. They won their first playoff game to host the AFC Championship game again. And then they won it with Patrick Mahomes on at best like a leg and a half. A defense putting together its most impressive performance of the season. Special teams truly playing a complete game that at least didn't have any of those can't-have-it, back-breaking types of plays. That was the thing that really I was kind of waiting for, holding my breath, thinking, when's the the self-inflicted wound that they can't overcome? When is that going to arrive? The closest it got was Patrick Mahomes losing the ball. Just falling out of his hand. He's never the guy that makes that mistake. And it was him. And every time there was one of those moments, a penalty or the offense being out of sync or Mahomes giving the ball up or the defense finally just not being able to make the play on third and a billion, they finally take an L. Somebody else picked him back up. 
it, it really is why this is the greatest team sport in the world. And it really is why I think we can rightfully say that when these two teams kick off in Arizona, it's the two best teams in football. Partially because of the talent and the coaching that they have, and partially from what our eyes have seen us, and partially because of the fact that they are here again. It's because with all of these injuries, with the war of attrition, with it being both about your superstars and your depth, these are the two teams that made it all the way to the end. So outrageously, deservingly so. What a game. Uh, Travis Kelsey should be coming up to the podium next. I forgot we were getting Travis Kelsey as well. I didn't realize we were getting Travis Kelsey. The parade continues at Arrowhead as the Chiefs keep coming up to the podium. We'll bring you some more from the locker room later on as well. Plus, we'll talk to Matt Derrick. There's just a whole lot to continue sorting through, which is one of the best problems in the world, is being here for the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show and wondering when we're going to have time to talk a little more and take your calls. And the good news is we got two weeks and then another football game. Woo! It's good stuff here on 810. Here's Travis Kelsey. Um, for me, specifically, because I wasn't the only one that was going through it. Um, we had a lot of guys uh, banged up, and what that meant was that there were, we were going to need some guys to step up, and that's, uh, that's offensive, defensively, and even special teams. You saw a lot of guys uh, getting put in there and uh, having to step up, and um, that's what makes this thing that much better. And that, that's what makes this game that much sweeter. When you can get all three phases to come together and win uh, the biggest game of your year um, up to this point, um, man, it's a, it's a sweet feeling, man. And uh, being in that locker room, sharing that moment with that guy, I'll remember forever for sure. you like what the Cincinnati mayor had said? I've said enough about the Cincinnati mayor. It was, it was Cincinnati was a better city when Jerry Springer was a mayor. <laughs> I mean, there was no doubt in my mind he was he wasn't going to be out there. I knew for a fact he was going to give this city and this organization all the all the guys that he he uh, he goes to work with every single day everything that he has. Um, and sure enough, I mean, even on that last play, you saw it all come together, man. And I. Uh, you guys know how much I love that guy, but it's moments like that that just make it that much more special to be his teammate um, and uh, that much more special to be a part of uh, the Kansas City Chiefs organization. Yeah, Travis, special moments with him. Does this be such a different kind of emotional way of knowing what he had to do and what you were going through and something you guys heard? Right now, um, it's, a, it's an amazing feeling. I, I don't even want to kind of look <clears> – <throat> I don't even want to look at it from that perspective until this thing's all over with. But uh, for right from right now, I know that uh, I know that we got a warrior back there, a quarterback, going into the, to the biggest game of the season, and um, and you know what? I know one five is going to give us a chance to win it. Travis, Travis, Travis online. Travis online. People are calling this the the Kelsey Bowl coming up. Talk about the feeling of being able to deal with your brother. Um, haven't talked to him yet, but uh, cool cool scenario to be in. You know, um, my mom can't lose. I'll just leave it at that. It's going to be an amazing feeling playing against him. And, uh, you know, obviously I respect everybody over there in the Eagles organization. And um, you won't see me talking too much trash because of how much respect and how much uh, I love uh, I love my brother. But um, it's, just, it's definitely going to be a, 
it's going to be an emotional game, that's for sure. Travis, what do you think? Talk about you know, the creators that came here, Carlos Dunlap and Justin Reed, these rookies that are going to be able to experience the Super Bowl the first time you go this um, I feel like it's uh, everybody in that locker room has the same mentality. This was awesome, but um, you know, winning the Super Bowl is obviously the, the biggest goal. And we've been to a Super Bowl. The the leaders, the coaches that have been here, we've been to a Super Bowl and haven't won it. And that was the last taste that I got of it. So um, to speak to the free agents and uh, the new, the upcoming guys, the guys that we got the draft. Obviously, they've all helped us to get to this point, and we're going to need them even more in the Super Bowl. But uh, I can't thank them enough for choosing Kansas City, that's for sure. Travis, when it came to your... up on it, obviously, you've had to hide the goals. How do you share that with them so when you go in a couple of weeks, they don't experience the goals that Well, I mean, <clears throat> you go into it with the right mindset, and right now we got to get healthy. And from there, we'll figure out how we're going to attack the Eagles and how we're going to defend the Eagles. And, um, you know, it's uh, these two weeks tend to be some of the longest days that I've ever experienced. So um, we, we definitely have a lot of time to be able to uh, get healthy, get the right mindset, and uh, get everybody on the same page for sure. Steven. In that fourth quarter, you had different guys out there because of the injuries. You know, Marcus Kemp made a play. You had a lot of rookies out there on the field. What does that say about your team that you can go so far into that depth and still come away with a great performance in the fourth quarter and win this game? I don't know if you've ever heard of a guy named Brett Veach, but uh, he's brought in some amazing talent, and he's put this team together and um, we're the best team in the AFC because of what he's been able to do on top of what these coaches have been able to do in terms of teaching the players, teaching these young guys uh, how to make these plays. Um, there's just so much uh, so much love for, for the guys that take it day by day, um, that don't necessarily get the praise, that don't get the opportunities in a game every single week to be able to make those plays, if you, if you understand what I'm saying. A guy like Marcus Kemp stepping up. Um, even a guy like Harrison Bucker, who... For whatever reason, everybody was on him for maybe struggling a little bit. And he's just absolutely been perfect in these playoffs and, and, and just put all of that aside. <laughs> Guy like Sky Moore, who had, who had a few struggles early on this season, steps up to the plate, makes, makes arguably the biggest play in the game on that punt return, putting us in a position to be able to get close enough to get a field goal. Um, those guys that, uh, that work their tail off and don't always get that opportunity in the game, for them to step up, man, it's the best feeling in the world. All right. What's that? Man, I was uh, I was going through it for sure. I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to do it, but we have the best training staff uh, in the entire NFL. Uh, my guy David Glover, Julie, Ev, Tiff, um, Ricky B, everybody in this building has been unbelievable getting me right, and I can't leave out my guy Alex Gazel for, for getting me right outside of the facility. And um, I'm just very thankful and very appreciative. And, man, it's, uh, I don't know where I would have been mentally if, uh, if I wasn't able to play it in this game. All right, thank you. Have a good one, guys. There's Travis Kelsey there at the podium. And, yeah, the next episodes of New Heights will be Super Bowl preview shows between both of the hosts. That's pretty good. I don't even know if Jason and I could, like, arm wrestle. 
Those two dudes are going to the Super Bowl. It's it's pretty good stuff wire to wire here on the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show. We will bring you Frank Clark on the other side of this timeout. I expect to hear him live from Arrowhead, plus a bunch of guys talking from the locker room. We'll eventually get a hold of Matt Derrick, I presume. I don't know what sort of pile of content he's under right now, but uh, boy howdy. We got some things to talk about all under the headline of the Chiefs once again being Super Bowl bound. Yeehaw! Yeehaw, indeed. Having a lot of good fun here the remainder of the night on the Sports Radio 810 WHP postgame show. It's brought to you by CBD American Shaman. And when Kansas City scores, you score big at your local CBD American Shaman. Our team score is your percent off. They scored 23 points, so you get 23% off all day tomorrow on orders of $100 or more. That's CBD American Shaman, because life is better with the feather. One to the left, Mahomes out of the pocket, throws on the move, downfield to the end zone. Valdez Scantling is there for the touchdown. In a sitting position, he hauls it in. Kansas City regains the lead. A 19-yard BB from Patrick Mahomes. A BB indeed, an absolute dart, a dot, and so many more. Marquez Valdez-Scantling's touchdown there is our play of the game brought to you by Central Bank. For more, visit them online at centralbank.net. We go back out to Arrowhead Live right now to hear from Frank Clark. Honestly, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, that's why they're at the house, you know, or on their way there. You know what I'm saying? So it didn't really motivate me. I mean, obviously you see the things, but like I said, it's going to motivate the ones who's paying attention. Um, I said that the other day. Um, Honestly, it didn't motivate me. I knew what I was going to do. I told y'all what I was going to do before this about a week ago. Um, y'all can keep on ignoring it, but it is what it is. Frank, you said like last week, you're going to get it where you get it, whether it's in neutral side or here. Okay. What did you guys do so well early and then late to make sure they got it, I guess? Um, set the tone. I told my guys yesterday I was going to set the tone from the start of the game to the end of the game. Um, watch the film. What about Chris? We've talked a lot of people. He set the tone. He finished the game. How special was he? Christopher Jones. On that game clincher there for you guys, that sack. He did his thing, man. Chris Jones, um, um, most unstoppable man in football. A lot of people talk about those sacks in their 11 playoff games. There's been a lot of talk all offseason about last year when you didn't get the sack in the fourth quarter. So for him to finish it, is it poetic justice to it? He was just doing his job, man. Just doing his job. Um, going out there, doing what the coaches prepared us to do, finishing the game. When you get traded over here, I mean, obviously the goal you want to win championships, but is being a third Super Bowl in your fourth season since you've come over here, I mean, how is that even more than you could have hoped for? Mm, it's a blessing. It's, the, it's truly a blessing and honor um, just to be able to go back to this place that I felt like last year, you know, sitting at home watching other teams celebrate it. Um, kind of took a toll on us. Um, I feel like it took a toll on me. Um, kind of shaped, shaped, you know, my approach to the offseason, honestly. And um, we are uh, we here today. You're the top five all time. Was this year's team that's going to the Super Bowl versus the other ones? When you think about all the injuries and not having Tyree and the changes and new people, um, what's, what's the mark of this team? The ability to finish. I feel like um, over the course of the last two years, we weren't um, finishing like we're supposed to. Um, I felt like we came into this year with the mindset of finishing games better. Um, you look over the season, I felt like we did that. And then we carried it into the playoffs as well. Um, I feel like for the last three games, we played the Bengals. 
fourth quarters and third quarters, second halves really played the, the tail of the game. Um, they was able to come out in the second half and do more than we was able to do. Um, I felt like our offense did what they were supposed to do in the second half. Um, the third quarter had a very good third quarter time possession and stuff like that. And then um, the defense was just able to make some plays. Um, you see in the back end, what I tell you about them young guys, I told you about them young guys, they're some studs. Um, they made all the plays tonight. I believe each one of them had a pick. Um, literally 35, 23, six help with a pick. That was probably the best play of the game, the tip to the interception. I mean, y'all keep playing with these young boys if y'all want, man. They're going to keep on showing y'all. I told y'all in camp, I lost from in camp, and um, I'm going to keep on riding for my dogs. Frank, you're the top five. Yeah. after uh, Joe Burrow, Burrow right from the start. What was different about tonight's game than the other games you played against him? Me being healthy. Mm -hmm. That simple? That simple. Being at the top five in career postseason sacks now, I know it's a team game, but I mean, you're up there with, with Hall of Famers and burn that nickname playoff rank. What's that mean to you to, to play your best football in the postseason? Um, it's a blessing, you know what I mean? Just to be able to go out there, be healthy, um, compete with some of the best. Oops, sorry. Complete, uh, <laughs> compete with some of the best players in the world and um, just continue to go out there to show, you know, continue to go out there and show why. You know, we are the best at what we do here in the Chiefs game. How do you Frank. compartmentalize just another game, do what you do, that got you here to a Super Bowl? What could you share to the young guys? Um, have faith. Never lose faith in yourself. Um, when the world throwing rocks at you, you know, when everybody doubting you and telling you you can't do something, keep your head down, keep chopping wood, keep working. And everything that you want in life, you're going to get. Appreciate There's Frank Clark live from the podium right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB, Kansas City. It's the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show brought to you by CBD American Shaman. Free CBD samples every day. That is... Our parade of live content here on 810. We'll also hear from Andy Reid in a little while. Plus, um, we've got a ton of audio from the uh, locker room. Beards are producing kind of live on it. We need to take a quick timeout. All right, we need to take another timeout, get our clocks right. Clock management's uh, important. I, I did some moving things around so we could get to Frank live. You're right. So let's let's do catching up. You're right. Beards, beards definitely. We... we didn't use a timeout, may have had a delay of game, but we needed to keep our timeouts for a little bit later on, so good call, Beards. Uh, we will go ahead and, uh, and, and take a quick one, and then on the other side, we'll hear more audio from the locker room, plus, there's just a lot to talk about. It was a great football Steven game with a great is, result. Steven is an animal. Yeah, Steven St. John is an absolute bleeping machine. He sent back, let's see here, one, two, I three. I realize I missed some. He I also think gave about us, ten players. Yeah, minimum. Um, just uh, absolutely chewing up the locker room out there. So we'll hear from a bunch of those guys throughout the evening as well. Plenty to talk about here again on the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show brought to you by CBD American Shaman. Free CBD samples every day. the 36-yard line of Cincinnati, from the gun, Burrow, step, throw, deep shot on the way, it's knocked up and picked off, off the bounce, Williams steps in, Brian Cook got a piece, Kansas City takes over. An outrageous 
nay, an electric play from the rookie duo right there to take the ball back from Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. That's good for our electric play of the game, brought to you by Bickmer Electric. From small jobs to big jobs, the Bickmer team knows how to take care of your commercial and residential electric needs. That's Bickmer Electric. It's also been electric on the Twitch chat uh, as people are trying to bet over-unders for how long tonight's show will go. Uh, Also, really appreciate the Twitch commenters noting that you and I both also have a radio show here that starts at 10 in the morning. So, uh, we're going to be here for a while. We haven't talked to Matt Derrick yet. There's a bunch of audio we haven't brought yet. We still have Andy Reid to get to. Oh, we still have Andy Reid to get to, in addition to all these locker room pieces and everything. Uh, Also, I was going to say another shout-out, because I really do appreciate and love and enjoy the growth of our Twitch community and all the different video streams. If you want to watch the show, you can see me dancing around. You can see Beards whenever Beards slips the camera around. And you can watch the pressers when we're carrying those live. Uh, So, another shout-out to uh, ReapZZ is Pro or Reaps. I don't know how you need me to pronounce it, sir or ma'am or whatever, but uh, they've come through with 30 gifted subs tonight, which if you know how Twitch works at all, that's uh, that means a lot to us over here on the, especially me and Beards, as we've, uh, we re- I really feel like the little Twitch chat is kind of our baby, and then now it's gotten to an age where it's like, I don't know if I want to be responsible for all the things that this like 16-year-old does, but like, here you go, welcome world, here's, here's the 810 Twitch chat. Uh, but the uh, the Twitch, the YouTube, the Facebook, and the Twitter users that uh, watch the show, just a fun way to add a little more excitement. Uh, it's a good place to commiserate in the rare down times as a Chiefs fan, and it is a great place to celebrate with other Chiefs fans from around the world and their various chats across all the uh, the socials. Of course, you can always listen to the show at 810whb.com in the 810 mobile app. Or after the show, if you missed the whole thing, you can check it out in the podcast page uh, at 810whb.com, the mobile app, or wherever you get your podcast, you can find it. A lot of ways to enjoy the show, and I hope you've been enjoying it tonight. We've certainly been enjoying it. I took the unprecedented step of having a mid-post-game show sandwich. I don't think I've done that since the Super Bowl-winning post-game show when we were like eating full meals at 3 a.m. because it was 3 a.m. We won't be here that late tonight, but God, we still have a lot to talk about. Beards, how you feeling? You made some faces just then, like you were remembering some haunting memories. Oh, I was just having non-flashbacks over here. I'm good, though. It was crazy. It, it, it They were good non-flashbacks. Yes. But it was like at about 4 o'clock in the morning was when I was like, okay, I need to leave now. 4 is when I remember thinking, like, boy, if Nate or Steven wanted to just get here early today <laughs> by like an hour, I could use it. Uh, but we have no energy issues today, and we'll have no energy issues in two weeks when we're doing another Super Bowl post-game show. Woo! How wild is that? Uh, might not be as wild as this clip from Frank Clark. We've gotten Frank Clark and James Palmer combining for some classics over the years. So um, when Palmer tweeted this out, he said he asked Frank one question and then just let it ride. Well, let's hear uh, one question and answer with James Palmer and Frank Clark. You just had a long embrace with your head coach. What did Andy Reid just say to you? Man, we did it. We did it. You know what I mean? We had to come back out here. You know, last year this time, same team sent us home, man. You know, very disappointing season. I don't know who the hell they think they was calling this Burrow head. I don't know who the hell they thought they was talking about. They're going to finish us off. They're going to take their bum ass back to Cincinnati. Man, they came to Chiefs King and got their ass stumped on. I don't know what number one did. I told him to holler at me. I don't know what the bank. I told him all holler at me. I told him last year they ain't get my best. I told him this year they barely got my best. I told him with the playoffs, though, I'm the f***ing king. They got to holler at me every f***ing game. Let's go. 
The question was, what did Andy Reid say to you? Yeah. <laughs> you heard Frank Clark also say when we were carrying his full presser a little bit ago. You heard him say that the difference between the last time and this time was that he was healthy. Simple as that. He was sweating it up there on the podium. In the post-game podium. Not just on the field. He had a towel and was wiping himself off every chance he could get, and he was still sweating all down the front of his shirt. Playoff Frank Clark, man. I don't know what to tell you. I really don't. Like, you know, I mentioned earlier, like, I don't really want to talk about the Chris Jones, like, long-term contract implications right now. I don't really think that's the place to be. I I don't really want to talk about Frank Clark's trade and contract and then a great run when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl and then what he's been around that. I, the context matters in some cases. But like, a post-game show for tonight's game, it doesn't really matter. At least not right now. But this year on the slightly reduced deal, when he has been out there, he's been really good as a contributor, which you got to have a bunch of in the NFL. That's I don't mean that to be a bad kind of compliment. And then in the playoffs, it's been blood in the water. That's where the nickname comes from. You smell blood? I smell toast. I am <laughs> I am I am becoming disoriented. My blood sugar was high and then low, and I think we're about back in the middle now. We're good. But I'm tired. I got tired watching Chris Jones, who Frank Clark took the appropriate amount of time to make sure he was talking about. At one point, I watched Chris Jones. I really tried to like, focus on him like three or four plays in a row. And by the end of it, I was like, oh, my God, that must be exhausting. Which I know is only the most obvious thing that anyone could possibly see and say while watching one enormous man push two enormous men back into one slightly smaller man. Is that, yeah, of course that seems exhausting. But man, that dude just doing it every single play. We played you the clip there from Jalen, or the highlight from Jalen Watson and Brian Cook combining for the uh, the interception when we came back from the break. I want to hear from Jalen Watson as Todd Lebo caught up with him on the field right after the game. Rookie, you come in here, you make a big play, you're going to the Super Bowl. Can you explain this? How do you feel right now? I'm at loss of words. I can't even explain my emotions, my feelings. Best moment of my life, though, man. I'm just so grateful, blessed to be here, be in this position, be in a position to help my team win. It's just a great feeling. Such a hard-fought game. LJ went down early. You guys had to shuffle around and make plays against these big wide receivers. What was it like throughout the game to, to just kind of keep battling? You know, they have great wide receiver core, but it's no longer Burrowhead, I guess. They enjoy their flight home. We'll see them again next year. Talk is cheap, and sometimes they come back to bite you in the butt. Tell me about the, your interception on that play. Oh, yeah, we're in, man. Um, I was just outside leverage, and he kept trying to get my leverage. I didn't let him get it, and I seen through my man and seen the ball coming, and I just went up and got it. And your other rookies, B. Cook with the chip and Josh with the interception. I mean, you guys have got to just be on cloud nine playing yeah. this, game, this game. We're definitely going to enjoy our night. It was a great night. It was a good night to be, you know, one of the rookies, top five. Never been done before, but we're just blessed to be in this moment. We're going to soak it all in and enjoy it tonight. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, bud. 
There's Jalen Watson with Todd Lebo. You can hear the party bumping in the background. And man, I really just don't think you can overstate it. And I don't think you can overstate it for Steve Spagnolo and Dave Merritt. <coughs> excuse me. For Spags and, and Dave Merritt. I already had one cup of tea today. This is also an unprecedented postgame show on a lot of different levels. You can't overstate it from the coaching side. Uh, if you can't overstate it from Brett Veach and the scouting crew. This team, and they, they look, they traded up to go get a corner in the first round this year in Trent McDuffie. So they've done it multiple ways. But this team has displayed a repeatable, consistent ability to just find young dudes to play corner and to coach them up. And by the playoffs, they're playing like veterans. They, they got a, a body type, you know, the measurables that you look for. And then they, they just find whatever those tools are that they've identified, give them to the right coaches, and it's one of the biggest found savings that I think exists in professional football. Lots of teams are going to try to find different ways to do it, right? If you can get a, a, a quarterback on a rookie contract playing really well, that is obvious. That's the cheat code. But if you can find a spot on your roster that you can fill out with fourth and sixth and seventh round picks, and they're playing superb football. And again, they traded up for Trent McDuffie, and I loved that pick, and I still do. His ceiling should be higher than the rest, I, I suppose, right? The skill set. Maybe he's just more pro-ready. If he was just more pro-ready, these other dudes, Watson and Williams, they're just made of arms and legs. They just go forever. Lanky dudes that stride with the best of them. Coach to a point that they're hanging with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. And again, Brian Cook really makes the play on the pick there that Watson had. And Brian Cook had been burnt. He had been penalized. This is what makes it a team game. I just don't know that almost anybody had a perfect game. Chris Jones might have. Or at least close enough to it that I'm not trying to nitpick. But these guys lost reps because the Bengals are a great football team. And they were able to bounce back and make their own plays and then make the last play. That's what this game was going to be. We, we knew that coming in. This game was going to be who makes the last play. And the Chiefs made the last, like, five. Wild. Uh, also here from the field with Todd Lebo. He caught up with Chief Safety Justin Reed, also making plays of his own today. This is what you came here for, right? This is the whole reason I came here to be a part of this, man. This field is unbelievable. So excited, so happy for everyone on this team, this organization. And when we're not done yet, we got one more to go. Hard fought, man. All Very the way to the fought. end. Tooth and nail. I mean, the last four matches. What up, what up? Last four matches come down to a field goal, man. We came out on the right side of it this time. How about your kids, man? These rookies out here making these plays. I'm telling you, man, like to see the growth that they came from where we started in training camp, to see Jay Watt with the pick, you know, Josh with another pick. B. Cook giving the assist to Josh. You know what I mean? This is the whole reason why we got those guys to come here, man, why we drafted them. We got them ready. Coaching staff, Spagnola, Coach Merritt, all did a great job just having us prepared and fired up to come play today. And then Legereus went out early, had to shuffle around some pieces. What was that like? It takes game? everybody. It takes everybody, man. I mean, Willie went down too. LJ went down. The next man am came up and stepped up. That's exactly what we need. In order to go win the big one that's coming up here in a couple of weeks, we're going to need everybody again. So we saw those guys go down and just added more motivation that we're doing it for them. 
we doing it for them. We got their back in it. We're going to go out and get the win. Give them another chance to come strap up again, too. Congrats, buddy. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. Justin Reed, live from the field. I guess not live. That was earlier today. But live with Lebo. Todd Lebo. Catch up with Justin Reed. At, some point. at that moment, that was happening in real time. You see what a recording is. Yeah, it's, it's complicated. I'll try to explain some of that. Beards, could you explain that to me during the break, actually, please? I'm largely very confused. Uh, that's Lebo with Justin Reed. It also is, I think, still just the start of our locker room report. We're going to have some more uh, that uh, Stephen St. John got from the locker room with a bunch of other guys, including some of the special teamers who stepped up and made plays today. I'm including Sky Moore in that because there is a real elephant in the room and also standing on my chest when I saw him back there to return the punt. You got plays, like Justin Reed said, it takes everybody. So that's uh, at least the midway point of our locker room report here on the 810 Post Game Show. The Chiefs Locker Room Report is brought to you by Twin Peaks. No one does football like Twin Peaks. Whatever your preference, they have everything from tequila cocktails and an extensive bourbon category to top-shelf spirits and cocktails served over ice balls. Local craft beers and handcrafted whiskey cocktails round out an adventurous drink menu, second to none. And don't forget about their 29-degree man-sized drafts at Twin Peaks. We got to take another time out of our own. We got a few to burn here in the second half. Uh, on the other side of the break, more audio. We got to talk to Matt Derrick. We got to hear from Andy Reid. A lot of moving parts here. I don't think anybody's going to be too hurt if we run a little bit long here tonight because the Chiefs are going back to the Super Bowl. We're coming back with more postgame action right after this. Went for it 12 times during the regular season on fourth down. Got it nine times. Moving pocket. Mahomes looking. Right side. Throws. End zone. Touchdown. Travis Kelsey. Patrick Mahomes with a strike. And he delivers. 14-yard score. The Chiefs add to their lead. Travis Kelsey with his 15th career playoff touchdown. Tied with Rob Gronkowski for the second most all-time. Hall of Famer Jerry Rice, number one with 22. Truly rarefied air for Travis Kelsey. It's Jerry Rice one, Travis Kelsey two for a whole bunch of records in the playoffs now in the National Football League. Kelsey certainly deserving of all of those accolades. That right there was beautiful. In fact, it was sweet. It was Andy's sweet play of the game brought to you by Andy's Frozen Custard. Stop by any KC location for Travis Kelsey's 87 and running concrete and help raise money for this worthy cause. 87 and running and Andy's Frozen Custard, the perfect option play for KC fans everywhere. We now go from the uh, 87 and running portion to the Andy's portion here as Andy Reid took the podium after the game to talk a little bit about the uh, the AFC Championship, once again belonging to Kansas City, going to their third Super Bowl of this era, but they're 1-1 one one right now. So this one's going to be the rubber match to see if the Chiefs can bring home two Lombardi trophies in a very, very, very short window of time. It's a heck of a time to be a Chiefs fan. Heck of a time to have Andy Reid as your head coach. We'll get to him right after this. Andy Reid is presented by Robert Brogdon Buick GMC and Robert Brogdon's Olathe Kia. Visit BrogdonAutomotive.com. We start from the top with Andy Reid talking about the Chiefs' numerous injuries, giving the updates on those, and of course, his opening statement and thoughts on, on the game the Chiefs just won to punch their ticket to Glendale. All right. Um, 
so Legarius Sneed, uh, as far as injuries go, he had the concussion, and then Kadarius Tony's ankle, um, he tweaked that. Uh, Juju Schuster, uh, that knee acted up on him from the week, and then McCall Hardman gave it his best, and um, I as did all these guys. I mean, uh, tribute to to the work ethic, Pat out there doing his thing, Kelsey. Uh, who missed the last day of practice, you know, all that stuff. So um, I, I'm proud of them for for everything they've done. Great for the city. Our fans were unbelievable. Um, Bucker, I mean, what a redemption story. He comes back and after a high ankle sprain has kind of moved his season a different direction than he wanted for a period there, and he came back and just knocked it out. Sky Moore, uh, who had the drops early was called on to go out there and return and he did a he did a great job um with a you know what ended up sealing uh, mvs uh had a had a nice day uh as did all those all the receivers we only had three of them so by the end so they all did nice our young secondary uh, two of them got interceptions and uh and six helped cause the interception for uh, for 23. So, I mean, it was a great deal. Chris Jones had a, an unbelievable game along with Frank Clark. I mean, uh, constantly in the backfield uh, and just busted their tail. I mean, it was, I mean, what a performance they had. So, and I mean, I could keep going. I, I'm sure I'm missing people here, but I'm proud of all of them, man. They, they did a great job. So, anyways, with that, time's yours. He's right to take it from that angle, and he's also right. I'm sure there are guys he mentioned didn't mention just then that probably would have deserved a mention in any other game, but you just saw a bunch of dudes step up, a bunch of guys from all three phases. It's the kind of thing it takes to beat a really good football team in a really big game. And the Chiefs came out victorious just by the, the, the about the slimmest of margins. All of those guys he mentioned and many more all deserve all of that praise. I also just saw, uh, I'm Joshua Briscoe, Beards McFly on the head of the glass, Dylan Michaels producing as well around the building. And Dylan chops up all the Andy Reid audio, uh, been doing it this season. And uh, I just saw on his uh, post-game show, uh, post-game audio notes here. Wait, hold on, Beards, are you going to claim this is yours or is this a Dylan joint right now? I want to make sure I give out the appropriate credit. That was not me. I haven't touched this document all day. I haven't either. I opened it up right as we were getting here and I saw the uh, the header for this section, <laughs> which is labeled Chiefs versus City that puts noodles in chili. <laughs> Appreciate all the work Dylan's been doing all season long. We get him for get him for one more game over here. Get to bring Dylan into the Super Bowl post game show experience. God, I hope it's a fun one and not a sad one. Anyway, next up here from Andy Reid, uh, talked a little bit about Patrick Mahomes' performance, bum, ankle, and all. I think I did. You just didn't hear me. I mean, we can't replay it, right? Like the commercial, can't do that. Herbie, Doug, got it. Um, yeah, so, but listen, he was, it was pure grit, he and Kels. Um, but for Pat to do what he did and then to have that run at the end, uh, I, mean, I can't say enough. He, he is the MVP in my eyes. Pure grit for the MVP. Uh, just no reasonable argument for anybody else. I've been impressed by Jalen Hurts. I, I, love, I love good players. Like, that's the... Uh, I'm not really in the, the, the football-watching space to be a hater for no reason. Like, I... 
I love watching Joe Burrow when he's not playing the Chiefs. I, I love watching Lamar Jackson and Justin Herbert and Josh Allen and all those guys. There's only one MVP for this season. It's Patrick Bleep and Mahomes. This one's easy. Don't, don't make that one harder than it needs to be. Uh, we've heard a lot of players talk about a lot of talking coming out of Cincinnati over the course of the week. They, they, kept, they kept it under wraps pretty well, at least until Friday. Definitely until Friday. And it started to bubble. We started to see they didn't appreciate. Then they started bringing it out. Yeah, you know, they didn't appreciate the burrow head and all of that. Well, now it seems like about half of the uh, locker rooms picked up a real a real nasty cigar habit. Because I, from what I could tell, literally, not just figuratively, but like it smells like cigar smoke in the uh, bowels of Arrowhead right now. Now from uh, some of the reporters out there on the ground. And so I, I've heard a lot of players talk about this, but what did Andy Reid think about all the trash talk from Cincinnati? Yeah, listen, I, uh, our guys did a great job of not going that direction. Um, I, you know, the, their, mayor, their mayor said it all. And, uh, you know, so I'm glad our mayor just did what he did. And uh, so, um, I, yeah, some people heard it. The mayor did what he did or said what he said. What was the holy bleep? I did see the uh, I don't know if I mentioned this in the show, if I just saw it in a break earlier, but uh, the mayor of Cincinnati did tweet uh, something along the lines of quote tweeting what Travis Kelsey said and just quote tweeted it with, yeah, I deserve that. And then, you know, his thanks for the to the Bengals in the city and all of that. It seems like he's playing along, but man, he got some bad advice and a bad script and some rough delivery. And look, you can talk bleep. Just when you talk bleep and lose, you get talked back to. That's kind of how it works. Uh, There may be more to that in in the future, it turns out, because as uh, BJ Kissel has tweeted out here, the Cincinnati mayor's opposition candidate has a lot of ammo to use with how, how fired up the Chiefs were after those comments. I mean, look, I don't... I mean, are you going to vote for a guy that costs your team a chance for the Super Bowl? I don't think so. I, uh... I don't know much about him, the, the man as a mayor. I don't know a, I don't know his politics or anything. I, I didn't get quite that deep into it. But yeah, it feels like he probably made his next few months a little harder on himself than it needed to be. But again, that's the, that's the consequence of talking. Talk if you want. Everybody should be allowed to talk. I thought it was okay for Justin Reed to talk before the first Bengals game this year, even though he wasn't here for the previous Bengals games. You can talk, but then you you can't be tuna in a can. We've covered that, you know? This week, Cincinnati's mayor was tuna in a can. Oh, God, beards. Oh, I just realized something horrible. Oh, no. What'd you realize? Oh, no. What is it? What is it? All the food bets, beards. The worst thing happened. Cincinnati's going to send their garbage chili to us. They lost. Was that how that one was? Yeah, working? because think about it. If the Chiefs lose, we would have sent our barbecue to Cincinnati, which would have been like, we've got to pay for the barbecue and send it over there to you guys. I feel like this should go the other way, where it's like you have to eat. The other side has to eat our stuff. Well, but yeah, but our city's food is good. And so if you're Cincinnati and you win the game, you also want the good food. But if you're Kansas, I want everybody, I want every politician who made a food bet on this game from from Cincinnati, I want them to just bankroll like free barbecue for Kansas City for a day. Like you don't have to pay for shipping. Just give all of us a gift card to like our Kansas City barbecue joint of choice. Cause I don't I don't want to eat your gross chili. 
and I don't want to export any more of our barbecue. So we have we have a Twitch comment here that I think would solve all of this. Okay. Uh, uh, just have the Cincinnati mayor pick up our barbecue tab. Yeah, exactly. Everybody That's perfect. To, everybody go to Joe's. Get as many French fries as you can and burn ends, and then just Venmo the Cincinnati mayor. Yes, and it's all good. That's exactly what we need to do, because I don't, I don't necessarily want that skyline, and I. But I want barbecue. I would love some barbecue right now. They got to figure out how to switch that up. Anyway, sorry, I got uh, hungry and distracted and started thinking about good food. And you think Joe's food. delivers at 11.34 p.m.? If they don't tonight, I mean, when, when would they, you know? Hey, Joe's! I'd, I'd, I'd like a burn-ins like dinner, um, side of fries, <laughs> no pickles, please. If, I, don't, I don't need no pickles. If any, Whoa, I'll take the pickles. Just put them on the side. Put my name on them. If anybody... And, and a cherry Pepsi. If anybody wants to just drive by, I got the... the door to the studio on the balcony here kind of cracked open. Just throw them up. Yeah, one at a time. If anybody wants to just come out to the balcony here at 810 and then just throw burn-ins up onto the balcony, Beards and I can take turns. Like You know, in a commercial break, I'll come out there and I'll just open my mouth and you can try to throw one in from the ground floor. I feel like we should be able to accomplish this. This probably ends with me like going too hard and falling off the balcony, like diving to catch a burn into my mouth. But that would also be pretty funny for everybody who's not me. Spirit of Rudy will see if we can make it to the tree. I definitely, definitely think Rudy could make it to the tree. Uh, back to Andy Reid. Sorry again, the hunger. Uh, Andy Reid here talking a little bit again about the team's resilience altogether on that drive after Mahomes tweaked his ankle again throwing. Yeah, yeah, I would say yes. I mean, that, first of all, that's a great football team, and I've, um, they, they've done a heck of a job there turning that thing around. That quarterback uh, is a heck of a player. So, um, yeah, but for our guys to grit up like that, uh, it was beautiful, beautiful thing to do and do it at home. <clears throat> it, it is a beautiful thing, and you, you talked about grit a couple of times. Like, that, that is what it is. You, you can't just be tough. You have to be tough and talented, tough and disciplined and talented and executing and well-coached. you got to be all of that stuff to, to be back in a Super Bowl again. But the grit of it all is it was a mandatory part of this game today. In this case, it's not just like, oh, what do you say about a what do you say about a bad team that tries hard? Oh, they're tough. They're gritty. In this case, the Chiefs had no other choice, which is also a point of getting everybody else involved. Just absolutely crazy. Beards, do you have another uh, Twitch comment you wanted to hit real quick? I do. It's from P. Green Pilgrim. Uh, in refer- in reference to Skyline Chili, they call it chili. I know gravy when I see it. But I like gravy. You know what I mean? Like, it's why just calling it Skyline is good because it's kind of an extra category. When you throw someone's uh, Cincy Chili, it's called assault. They also follow up. When you eat the Cincy Chili, I think it's assault it's on your taste buds. And perhaps digestive system. Do you want a fun little stat just very, very quickly? Yeah, very, very quickly. Uh, Joe Burrow has played in seven career playoff games. He has not thrown a f- single fourth quarter touchdown. Woo! Anyway. I thought about slandering Joe Burrow some, but I still kind of like Joe Burrow. It doesn't, and now he doesn't hold any now power over you. Now we don't like Joe Burrow. But he doesn't hold any power over you anymore now. It's not like it he's... not matter. He's not really the villain anymore. Like, he's... He's beatable. That's fine. You don't have to like Joe Burrow. I, 
I've I've already told you I I try to like a lot more people than I dislike. It just sort of makes my general demeanor a little easier on myself psychologically. Being a hater 24/7 is exhausting. Chiefs made it easy today. I just get to be excited about what the Chiefs did, because that was stupendous. Back to Reed on Mahomes here. Uh, he talked about Mahomes giving Andy any signs or good feelings at practice this week that he would be good to go when the game came around. Well, he gave me no opportunity to not think that he wasn't going to play. I mean, he he never missed a snap, and um, I, I just, uh, our, our players, our team, uh, coaches, we're all lucky to have him in that position in uh, the mindset, that, that whole mindset. So it carries over to everybody. <clears throat> and there was no denying that he was, I mean, you know, there was no question he was going to play. So. Was there a moment where you <clears throat> maybe from the practice field that let you believe he was going to be okay tonight? Not just play. Yeah, well, I mean, he, he went out and practiced, yeah. So, I mean, he pushed off of that thing and, uh, you know, he did all the stuff, and he he lived in the training room. I Rick Burkholder and and uh, uh, Julie. I mean, the the job that they did with him of getting him ready and and him spending all the time. You know, I, I, I'm sure he went home and his wife was probably working on it too. So I mean, it was everybody uh, taking a you know taking concern for him. All of that came together to where look. It, it clearly was a factor some at some points more than others, but the fact that he was out there with the high ankle sprain, there were a couple times where he did not have the burst to escape up the middle, but at the end he had one good run in him, that was enough, and uh, just a tremendously gutsy performance, which was true again across the board here, as Andy Reid talked about the players who were able to step up after the injuries just over the course of the game. Yeah, no, it's great. I mean, the perseverance, I mean, that's important in this game. The toughness, mental toughness is such a big part of this game. And uh, to get to this level here, I mean, this is this is pretty pretty spectacular to be able to go back. Uh, and quite an honor. And the Hunts gave us an opportunity to do that, which is so important. And, and uh, um, give the coaches an opportunity, give Mark and and Veach an opportunity, you know, myself. So, <clears throat> and all the players, they give, they put us in a position where we can go succeed. And that's, uh, um, you know, and all the guys did a great job. Brett, Brett with the guys that played tonight, I mean, what a tribute to him and his staff for all the great things that they, they've done with these players, young guys. I mean, who, who would have thought this at the beginning of the year, right? I mean, um, I'm sure you all you know, wrote about it somewhere along the line that we had a lot of new faces. And for everybody to come together like that, that you know, that's satisfying as a coach. It's got to be, man. I'm like, what a, what a story from, from point A to point B. I've talked about that tonight. I talked about this, again, right after the draft, man. It, it, was, it wasn't a question of, is this the way to build a defense, or how is it going to come together? It, it was a question of, when will this come together? If it does at all, will it be too late? And, and really, just like, what will, the, what will the development process look like? We talked about that a ton, and I was doing it as a believer, because I really liked the way that they totally revitalized this defense with youth. But it was risky. Getting to this point that they were at tonight was no guarantee that you're going to have three rookie cornerbacks and a rookie safety making huge plays and just living on the field in this game. 
None of that's guaranteed to work out the way that it did. It really is a huge testament to the scouting and, and front office side, to the coaching side, and of course, to the players themselves. Next, Andy Reid was asked about going back to the Super Bowl, and this time against his old team in Philadelphia. Yeah, I had a great time there. So, 14 years, a long time, huh? And um, I'm happy for them. I'm happy for the city. Um, uh, they're passionate. They love football. I, mean, I can't wait till uh, Kansas City and Philly clash. It's going to be it's going to be awesome, man. I mean, what a great what a great Super Bowl will be. It really should be. I, I do believe that Andy Reid's got almost nothing but but good feelings towards the the way Philadelphia panned out. Um, he was there longer still than he's been in Kansas City. He's been here for a long time, but he's right that that matchup of just fan bases. Oh, I'm excited, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. Two teams that have been there before. Fan bases have been there before. But such good vibes around both of these teams, man. I thought that Eagles team was super likable. I was uh, I was prepared to to be excited for their their opportunity. Um, and now, of course, I uh, I don't feel quite as fondly for them as I did maybe perhaps six hours or so ago. But man, it'll be a blast in the Andy Reid and the Kelsey Brothers Bowl. A lot of storylines to unpack over the next two weeks. Uh, this is also another conference championship for Andy Reid. He's obviously got the NFC side and then now three trips to the Super Bowl and three AFC championships here in Kansas City. He was asked about the feeling of this championship versus some past ones. Yeah, I mean, it, well, I mean, being out there was unbelievable. Um, it's, it, there's nothing like winning the championship at home. I mean, that's a that's just a special feeling, um, uh, you know. And not that the Super Bowl's not. I don't want to say that. That's that's a pretty good feeling too. But um, to to be at home and do it, it's uh, unbelievable. So I'm riding a wave right now, as you guys are, and um, I'll calm down after after I leave. Uh, I mean, you can hear the energy there from Andy Reid and being able to win that game at Arrowhead. Yeah, has to be just an outrageously cool feeling. Excuse me, it's Burrowhead. Uh, not anymore. They, the naming rights have moved. It was because it was Geha Field, then it was Geehaw Field. It still and then, is Geehaw Field. And, so it's you know a lot of the naming conventions here are are very much up for debate. One thing that's not up for debate is the fact that they were successfully getting to and bringing down Joe Burrow. The merciful end of some truly terrible narratives. But what did Andy Reid think about getting to Joe Burrow? today as opposed to matchups in the past yeah so i i mentioned this to dan uh after the game and what uh the the players were talking about the game plan the defensive players and how they loved it and they were they just thought it was it was going to work and just be they couldn't wait to get out there and i mean i kept hearing that over and over and that, that you know listen spags did a heck of a job with it I mean, a phenomenal job with it and and his coaches and and the players executed it I mean, it was fun to watch uh, i'm i have a bird's eye view of it and uh, they were they were rolling cool. i was yeah, I no, kind of early you're all right that's okay i was quote tweeting a uh, a tweet from sam mcdowell that you were making me aware of uh during a, a clip a second ago beards where uh, one player in the chiefs locker room said burrowhead d's Almonds and um, peanuts. peanuts, and you know legumes of various sorts. And I was just going to tell you that I was quote tweeting that by asking, "Why do you think Tommy Townsend said this?" <laughs> I mean, if anybody was going to say it, that's what I'm thinking, right? Him like, and Butker just sitting in the corner <laughs> cackling. <laughs> I think that's they're 12 years old and they've said their first dirty joke, <laughs> that might be... and they're just cackling to each other. That might be right. 
One more here from Andy Reid. Uh, no more, no more locker room quotes. Actually, we'll still bring you some locker room audio tonight as well as we continue to, to shuffle through all the good stuff coming out of Arrowhead. Uh, well, last thing here from Andy Reid talking about the Kelsey versus Kelsey Super Bowl. Obviously, not just knowing Jason Kelsey through Travis Kelsey, but coaching both of those guys in both of these spots. <clears throat> no, but I've vested time in both <clears throat> both those two, so I'm, I feel like I'm part of the family. There you go. I don't know if the question was about if he was, you know, uh, feeling a little pride or whatever there, but all together, heck of a matchup for a whole bunch of reasons. Again, we'll have two weeks of breaking down all the narratives in this game, and I'm really, frankly, I'm right now I'm excited for it because I think I just think this matchup is going to rule for a whole number of reasons. But ultimately tonight. Go ahead and light your cigar. Go ahead and rename your stadiums. Go ahead and celebrate the fact that once again, and man, this moves fast. The Chiefs hadn't been the mountaintop in 50 years. Then it starts to feel like something you could almost, if not literally, bet on. They get to the Super Bowl against the Buccaneers. Fall short. Tough game to watch. They get back to the AFC Championship game. This Bengals team keeps them from getting back there again. I imagine this is a universal feeling amongst Chiefs Kingdom right now. Feels good to be back. I just want to say very quickly, uh, there's an SB Nation tweet here. I just love the headline of it. Travis Kelsey calls Cincinnati Mayor Jabroni after viral social media video. I just love the headline. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. It just is. It's just wonderful out here. We're having a good time on the 810 WHB Post Game Show. It's all brought to you by CBD American Shaman. When Kansas City scores, you score big at your local CBD American Shaman. Our team's score is your percent off. They scored 23 points tonight, so you get 23% off all day tomorrow on orders of $100 or more. As at CBD American Shaman, life is better with the feather. I have one more. One more. I'm sorry. This no, that's okay. You're going to tell me to break. One more Twitch comment. Um, my third grader heard Burrow and realized it was Spanish for donkey and called him Joe Donkey all game. Third grader, you said? Third grade. Tell your third grader thank you. Because, frankly, I think maybe they deserve a game ball. We are tied at 20. 45-yard attempt. Looking for the lead. Butker. Snap, placement, Buckers kick. He's got it! Kansas City in front with three seconds remaining. The Chiefs 23, the Bengals 20. It's no longer the day the Chiefs punch their ticket to return to the Super Bowl because the clock has just struck midnight here. In the greater Kansas City area, the Chiefs still going to Glendale, of course. But now it's the day after, Monday morning, here on the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show, brought to you by CBD American Shaman, free CBD samples every day. Now joined by our friend Matt Derrick of ChiefsDigest.com, and his appearance is brought to you by Shamrock Roofing and Construction, Kansas City's local, residential, and commercial roofing contractors, where one call does it all. One call to Matt Derrick gives us a whole lot to talk about here because, Matt, I have to imagine that the location formerly known as Burrowhead was absolutely electric today. 
Yeah, and I am right now looking out over uh, GEHA field, <laughs> and uh, I am I am I'm seeing a lot of confetti still on the field and uh, an empty stage and um, some people. Uh, no one's actually really started to clean it up yet. So I don't know how long the confetti is going to be out there. So uh, I guess if you're still in the stadium and you want a bucket full for a souvenir, yeah, it's you can a head great down there. It's a great souvenir, and also like if it's anything like how I treat my backyard, like there are still leaves from this fall just out back because like what else am I going to do with it? I, I think eventually the 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 celebratory confetti's got to be good for the soil. I think I don't really know. I just on at least a karmic level, I, I would think that's true. Um, but Matt, I, I really think there are a handful of spots you could start with today's game, but I really like to try to get your your narrative of what you have in mind as you are, are prepared to retell the story of this game. Where do you begin when you talk about the Chiefs heading back to the Super Bowl with the effort that they saw tonight? Gosh, this was this was an epic story. I mean, it really is. I mean, there's so many different storylines coming out of this and what happened. I mean, almost to the point where Mahomes and his ankle just seems like it was so, you know, three weeks ago (laughs) that it's not even worth talking about anymore. Um, But Mahomes has an absolutely fantastic game, despite the fact that you could tell that he was not himself. Um, He was certainly limited. There were things that he couldn't do. Um, Yet, in the biggest play of the game, he he just did what he had to do to will his team to a victory. Um, Was really impressed with, you know, some other guys stepping up and, you know, and, and seeing guys, I mean, I think Andy Reid even used the word redemption in the postgame press conference. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of redemption going on tonight. Um, Sky Moore got his redemption. Harrison yeah. Butker, if he needed redemption, got it. Chris Jones, you know, redemption for last year's AFC Championship game that, you know, he said he dedicated this entire offseason to today's game. Um, that, to me, is it. I mean, you know, the, the Chiefs took a lot of the beatings that they have taken over the last 12 months and channel it into this game. And you you saw the result of that. They finally slayed the Joe Burrow Cincinnati Dragons. Yeah. And, and it really it, it some of it feels kind of silly in retrospect now because these teams have, have really been neck and neck through these now four matchups. I I you wouldn't think if you just didn't know the final score, you wouldn't think that this had been one sided, lopsided, whatever it's been. But there was a lot of that post game, both at the podium, some of the stuff we've already heard from the field and the locker room, and we're gonna keep playing some more audio after we get done talking to you as well, because that's the kind of night it's been. Is that there's just a lot of good bleep to sort through, but it, it felt like there was a lot of, and I took that personally, sort of energy from the Chiefs. <laughs> there was certainly a lot of that. I mean, although as the as the evening wore on, and I and I think that the players got closer to you know the podium and everything, um, there was a lot more emotion on the field. You could tell mm. afterwards, and and a lot more. Uh, I mean, Chris Jones was really the only one on the podium in the press conference room that really you know let anything loose about you know that hey you can you can trash talk all you want to but you can't you can't insult arrowhead you can't mm-hmm. insult geha field mm-hmm. um i mean frank clark was uh, definitely a lot more boisterous on the field about you know what was said this week <laughs> and some of the language and then after the game he's like yeah you know if you listen to it it motivated you but i didn't listen to any of that <laughs> Frank Clark is national treasure, but sometimes he, he, he backs a, a truckload up for us. But <laughs> I mean, no, I don't. I don't think there's any. I don't think it was a deciding factor in this game. 
But there's no doubt that, that the talk coming out of Cincinnati, <laughs> probably the mayor had a bigger impact on the game than anybody else. <laughs> That's just the hilarious thing is that we're talking about a mayor's video being a factor in a game. But at the end of the day, I don't, I don't know that it really mattered. I mean, I think that, that, that the deciding, deciding moments in this game were, you know, uh, self-motivation. I mean, Chris Jones, I, I think, was more motivated by what happened last year than anything that's been trash-talking in the last few days. Uh, I, I think that the plays that were made tonight, I mean, it was, it, that this is reflective, and, and it goes back to what you were really saying, which is that this is not a series of games between two teams that are blowouts. This is now four straight games that have been decided by three points, and there's six points separating these two teams. That's pretty remarkable. Yeah, it's it's unreal. And it just ended up falling this way, despite all of these injuries that we've talked about here and there. I mean, you talk about the the gutsiness or whatever, and I think you and I both probably have a, a similar... Um, I don't know, sort of skeptical tendency when it comes to some of the, you know, uh, uh, trash talk, Bolton board material and all of that. And also, I, I think I have a little bit of skepticism kind of in my bones when it comes to, you know, it's just next man up and team game and all that stuff. Because sometimes that's true. And sometimes you just you got to have the better players. And sometimes you're, you're Georgia football and, and, you know, saying nobody believes in us doesn't really do much for me anymore. But Matt, it. Marcus Kemp was catching footballs at the end of this game. I mean, th- this ended up being with with Snead going down early, Willie Gay going down, Tony and Hardman and Juju, and there not being any Justin Watson to start. Like just all outside of Mahomes, the number of different guys who legitimately had to step up in this game is is something that I'm I'm really not sure I can think of an example of of something similar to that happening on a stage this big. Yeah, and I'm I'm really looking forward to getting to talk to Steve Spagnuolo about this game later this week mm. because me too. Uh, because I mean, to me, um, I mean, it was pretty clear from the the handful of plays that Legarius Sneed was out there the, that Steve Spagnuolo had a plan. His plan was that Jamar Chase was going to have Legarius Sneed or Trent McDuffie on him all night long. Mm. Um, whenever, and granted, I mean, Jerry's was only out there for what, six plays, something like that. Mm-hmm. But anytime that Jamar Chase was outside, Legereus Sneed was on him. Anytime he was lined up inside, Trent McDuffie was on him. I mean, it was, it, they were flipping the field based on where he was and making sure that those two guys, because they wanted to be able to protect, protect Jalen Watson. They wanted to be able to, you know, have a guy on him that they protected and, and didn't want to necessarily have to double team either. And then you lose Legarius in the first drive, and now you've suddenly got to come up with a whole new game plan yeah. that includes Josh Williams, and you know, and, and now you're using Brian Cook a lot more too. I mean, I, I think Steve, I think Steve Spagnuolo had to come up with a brand new game plan on the fly. Hmm. And what's amazing is that they did, yeah. and didn't seem to suffer from it at all. Yeah. I, I, the, the shout out to Spags is my second favorite way to talk about the Chiefs defense tonight. Um, because you, you mentioning that again, having to adjust all of that in real time that way, enormous and not something that we've, we've talked about, I don't think, at any point tonight. The, the development of all of those young corners to be in a position where it wasn't a disaster when they saw the field and frankly, kind of expected. Like Joshua Williams being the, the odd man out, if you will. 
he got a lot of work this season, and I think there was there was reason behind that. I was I, I still kind of look back on their shot fit and trade with like just a little bit through my my fingers over my eyes because trading away good cornerbacks is not something that for nothing is not something I would do very often. And the, the Chiefs did that because there was total confidence in this group that they've got here. Like, even if we want to expand it to kind of all the rookies, you mentioned Brian Cook, that crazy play um, to, to force that pick. George Karloff just got a sack and was out there a lot tonight. The, the rookie class here is something that I, I think we're going to talk about a lot this week, and, and my hunch is that they really deserve that, too. Yeah, I mean, it was up and down. I mean, Jalen Watson and Joshua Williams both get interceptions. George Karloff gets a sack. Um, Sky Moore gets his redemption, right. and that punt return was absolutely huge. I mean, that's to me, I mean, I think the three biggest plays of the game, you know, were on that drive. I mean, mm-hmm. Sky Moore's punt return, Harrison Butker's kick, Patrick Mahomes' scramble. I mean, that was it. Sky Moore, you can't underestimate the importance of that play. Um, you know, Isaiah Pacheco didn't have the game that you would expect from him, and, you know, the Chiefs' inability to get the run going today. It's probably worth putting a pin in at some point, but we can come back to that later. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's up and down. And uh, even at the end, I mean, you, you see Jack Cochran's around the football at the end, an undrafted mm-hmm. free agent, you know, making plays on special teams. Um, these 11 rookies on this team have just been incredible this year. And and the other thing about them is that even though I don't feel like Chiefs fans have really gotten to know them all yet, I mean, there's still a lot to kind of catch up and to figure them out. I mean, especially as they get a bigger role and they're more prominent, you get to hear from them more. They're all likable guys. Yeah, They all have good personalities. They all, for lack of a better phrase, have bought into the Chiefs way. And mm. they're all Chiefs way kind of players. I said that all that was my second favorite way to talk about the defense tonight. You've you've mentioned Chris Jones's name a couple of times, but I would just like to hear what you saw from the the eye in the sky, keeping an eye on, on what ninety five was doing tonight. Um, I will, for the remainder of this segment, be a Chris Jones fan account. Yes, good. Um, You're welcome here. This, uh, I, I mean, I've been fortunate enough. My first year in the Chiefs beat was his rookie season. Mm. So I've been fortunate enough to cover every game of Chris Jones' career. This was the best game of Chris Jones' career. I mean, he's had plenty of good games, plenty of great games. But this was, I mean, this was his Monet. I mean, this was <laughs> his piece of art. I mean, he was dominant throughout the entire game. And it wasn't just a passing game. It was a run game, too. I mean, he absolutely, totally controlled the interior of that line. And even on the plays that he's not on the box score for because, you know, he doesn't pick up a sack or anything of that nature, he was still affecting the passer. He was still affecting the play. Um, there's, you know, Joe Burrow throws it in completion down the red zone near the end of the first half because Chris Jones just absolutely plowed his guy into his lap. Yeah. Um, I mean, Chris Jones was was undefendable tonight. Yeah, and just beautiful to watch. Absolute, absolute art. Um, with that being said, Matt, we oh Beards got Beards has got something. They go live to our uh, our borough head our borough head correspondent on the field at uh, Gihaw. Uh, Beards McFly. Beards, what you got for us? Um, this is a tease for later. 
Um, this is more Chris Jones stuff. I was able to find uh, this piece of audio that I was looking for that I had seen just a little snippet of. Uh, Sim on the sideline right after the game with James Palmer, uh, and he is having some fun. Okay, very so, good. So we the, will hear that later. The Chris Jones content machine doesn't stop. Uh, plus, we're going to hear from, again, a whole bunch more of the guys from the locker room. We've, we've already, Matt mentioned uh, Mick Duffy. you thought he was some, some dude in the post-game press conference <laughs> on the podium, <laughs> right. uh, that is not the case in this. It did not, did not start that way. Fantastic. Well, we'll hear from McDuffie, Sky Moore, Harrison Bucker, all of them, and, and probably some others uh, later on as well. Before we let you go, though, Matt, is there anybody? I'm I'm just legit not sure. We've we've hit all the main things we have to hit from what this game meant. But was there anything else that, that has jumped out to you? Anything else coming maybe on ChiefsDigest.com sometime soon, or uh, or MattDerek.com or MattDerek.com too? My favorite <laughs> websites. That one's my homepage. But uh, anything? Any other storylines birthed out of this that you just think you you can't tell the story of another AFC Championship without? Um, I mean, we talked about a lot of them. I mean, you know, Harrison Butker, I think, was big. Sky Moore was big. The rookies were big. The defensive backs were big. Um, probably not talking enough about the offensive line mm-hmm. and the job that they did tonight. Um, you know, protected Mahomes pretty darn well. It wasn't always perfect, but, you know, they were they were effective at times. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of the officiating of what was going mm-hmm. on on the interior. Yeah, I thought it was pretty inconsistent, but I thought it was inconsistent both ways. Hmm. Um, you know, Andrew Wiley, I thought got really called for a soft holding call, but then Orlando Brown did not get called for probably a more legitimate holding call on, hmm. on the Mahomes scramble at the end. So uh, I guess it all balances out in the end. Yeah. Um, but there's a ton. No, I mean, I'm going to have to go through the notebook tonight. It's going to be hard, especially because I'm, you know, I, I think I'm now starting to wear off and, you know, the, the caffeine is. After midnight, bad things happen, Josh. That's right. Yeah, I was worried that I might turn into a pumpkin when it switched over to uh, to Monday morning. But I actually haven't sat down yet do- doing the show today. I-, I had real good standing energy at the beginning of the show. We had some great calls. And uh, I've just sort of felt like sitting down for any point of, of postgame tonight would really be an injustice, especially as someone who has two relatively healthy ankles. It, it felt like I should use them. And I think after after I get we we get off here, I am going to have to shoot some video of what's happening on the field because there's no more cameras left. I mean, all the TV people have left, so now there's only like six or seven people on the field, and six of them have apparently been tasked with cleaning up the confetti. And uh, there's no there's not a real good strategy. <laughs> I'm not sure what the plan is. And every once in a while, a bunch of the confetti starts moving around, and I am not sure if it's the wind that is swirling it around or if somebody has, like, a weed blower or something, leaf blower. Yeah. Um, I think it is actually the wind that's blowing it around, but this is – I, I'm, I'm looking at six guys, bless your hearts, that I, I think have no interest in cleaning up this confetti, and I do not blame them in the least. No, it seems really cold and really uncomfortable to be doing that. But yeah, I, I feel like you know you get one of those like uh, backpack leaf blowers, kind of one of those gust, Ghostbuster joints. Like I feel like that might be, maybe be able to at least kind of blow it all into a corner, maybe, and then. Then oh, I mean, we well, bag it up and auction it off or whatever, right? I mean, okay. Right now, I just saw a like dust devil tornado of confetti. <laughs> 
that whipped up. So if I can get a, if I can get video of this, I mean, this is going to be fantastic stuff. But this this is why we go to uh, follow at Matt Derrick on Twitter, ChiefsDigest.com, and yeah, maybe this is an exclusive breaking news live report for MattDerrick.com. I mean, uh, the unofficial homepage of Matt Derrick, I believe. <laughs> I believe the tagline <laughs> once read, and maybe still does. Uh, Matt, I appreciate it. I can't wait for your more uh, continuing and, and extensive reporting there of the confetti dust devils at Arrowhead and uh, look forward to talking to you Friday in the zone and then again here one more time this season in a couple of weeks. Can't wait, Joshua. It's nice to know that we're going to have one more game guaranteed. Matt Derrick of ChiefsDigest.com, intrepid reporter of confetti cleanups everywhere and specifically the ones taking place on Geehaw Field. That one was just for beards. We'll take another quick timeout. On the other side of the break, we'll bring you some more locker room audio. And then I think Stephen St. John is done sending us audio from the locker room. We only got like half the roster from him. Well, let me ask you this real quick. Ask me this We're real quick. Some producing on the air here. Let's produce on the air. So we don't have like too many breaks left for the hour. Yeah. Um... If you wanted to, we could do some stuff now. Whoa. We don't have to take a break. We can go for a little bit. Well, yeah, let's let's go ahead and hit some of the ones that... Uh, you, want, that you, you want me to play that Chris Jones audio that I have? Oh, yeah, let's let's do that at least because uh, you've been pretty giddy about this basically since you saw it on it's, Twitter it's, hours it's, ago. Somebody tag me and let's see if I can figure I'm out. I'm also going to give one more shout-out um, to the wonderful people that have been involved in the video streaming tonight. We've had great numbers online. I know people are still watching. Some people have sort of, like, signed off to head to bed. I appreciate that as well. Bunch of wussies. But the... Uh, <laughs> I'm not... That was beards. Uh, but we have seen so many good comments rolling through, and usually usually your best chance of getting those read is by beards because i got a lot of plates spinning in here. But I've been able to, to turn over my shoulder and, and to see a bunch of them tonight. And uh, I just... I really appreciate the absolute lunatics that uh, continue to plug back in to the Matrix for this show after uh, after Chiefs games. It's a, it's a legitimate honor and a privilege, and I uh, I really appreciate being able to hear from the people that use all of our various chat functions and tweet in on Twitter as well, uh, in addition to all the callers that we get, especially on busy nights like this. We just can't. We don't have time to open the phones back up after the pressers start because the show is headed places after We're that. Moving. We're moving. It is a It is a... Locomotive at that point. We are like Chris Jones trying to get Joe Burrow, getting held back by about three different guys, and still getting there. We are more often than not, we still get there. Uh, but I, I really appreciate you all, uh, y'all gremlins in the in the various chats. It's uh, it warms my heart every time. Uh, speaking of uh, an absolute man on a mission, Chris Jones. Where where was this again, Beards? Or this who was this was with? After this was after the game on the field. He still got his jersey on. He's talking with James Palmer of NFL Network, uh, and let's just hear it. You know you, you guys had to get after Joe Burrow quick, and this one you were able to do it. The best in the game right here. This is the best that. in the game right here. Appreciate Ain't that, no man. question. I know, I know you wanted to get over the hump in the postseason, had to have a sack. You did your business today. Yeah, um, I'm not letting my emotions all bottle up throughout the week. There's a lot of talking going on. I don't, I'm not really much of a talker. Um, it's a full circle, 360, man. Um, these are moments I prepared for all offseason. I dedicated my offseason to this moment last year when I missed two sacks to end the game, and I put it up on myself. This game, we're going to end it up front. And if that's what we did, 
We got a resilient group in our room. Shout with the D-line, and these guys fall through all night, man. The last thing you said to us when you walked off the podium here at Arrowhead was everybody enjoy Burrowhead. Did that motivate you all week? Hey, let me tell y'all something, man. Don't ever, 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 and I'm looking at the camera when I say this, disrespect Arrowhead. I don't care how many times you done beat us. Don't ever disrespect Arrowhead Stadium. And I gotta ask you, I gotta ask you one more about what your quarterback did to essentially with his legs on one leg get you guys in field goal position to win this game. Hey, he fought hard, man. Fought hard the whole offense. The whole defense, though. We ain't talking about the offense right now. We talking about the defense. <laughs> we talking about the defense. That's what we do. And we bad. He's so right. He was feeling it. He's so right, though. It felt good to start the post-game show talking about him. It was kind of scary and also kind of awesome to be tweeting during the game that, hey, the Chiefs defense has done their job and that they have gone above and beyond what you could reasonably expect from them as a unit. And the offense had not yet pulled their own weight. Everybody was hurt, but things are out of sync. It wasn't quite enough. And by the end, they got just enough from the offense, some sparks from special teams. Ugh, it's just... It is a perfect and stressful team win. Uh, Chris Jones, two sacks, three tackles for a loss, five quarterback hits. And the crazy thing, like, that's a... And about 15 uncalled holding calls. That's the thing. It's like, that's a crazy stat line, especially for a dude who does most of his damage on the interior. One of those sacks was off the edge. You got a one-on-one matchup with the right tackle, and nom, nom, nom. Let me eat. But that stat line doesn't do him justice. Ah! This sport's so good, man. I love it. Uh, let's stay on the defensive side. We've talked a lot about the corners, a lot about the, these rookie young guys. And uh, Trent McDuffie, as we just talked about with Matt Derrick, like it, it seemed like it was going to be he or Sneed on Jamar Chase throughout the game, but then Sneed gets hurt early on. And um, our own Stephen St. John got in on the scrum around Trent McDuffie in the locker room to see what the, uh, what the rookie's first AFC championship game felt like and how he's feeling as the Chiefs prepare to head to another Super Bowl. Man, you, you go from being a, a first-round pick, then you battled an injury, and now you're out there in the AFC Championship game playing a huge part in a great defensive performance. What's going through your mind right now? You're headed to the Super Bowl. Honestly, man, going into today, I told all the vets, this, this game was for them. This was my way to show appreciation, to show respect, to say, you know what, thanks for welcoming me into your locker room. Thanks for trusting me out there. And went out here and tried to do my job as best I can and came out with the win. You know, nothing's easy. Sneed goes out with a concussion, so yeah. all the young guys got to step up. It's not, you're not rookies anymore, but tell me about that. Yeah, I mean, shoot. I mean, all of us know that at any point, you know, in this game, you can go down. And I think huge credit to Josh Williams on just going out there, all the confidence, say, you know what, I got you guys, let's get it. And there was three DB rookies out there. Shoot, B. Cook, including four on some down the distances where... 
that's huge. That's special when you got a group of guys who can all stick together and say, you know what, we got each other's back. Let's go out there and do our best. And I think the world's starting to see it now. You know, you, you have a physical style of play. You don't mind sticking your nose in there and making tackles come up. And it seemed like it was very physical yeah. in that fourth quarter. Can yeah. you describe what the what the tension was like and what the intensity was in that fourth yeah, quarter? I mean, shoot. We had 15 minutes to get to the Super Bowl, and that was our mindset. And going on to that field, all we said was just empty the tank, no matter what. I mean, this is the only game we have, really. You know, this is win or go home, and I think everybody came together and did just that. Chris Jones gave us a little top prep before uh, we went to that final drive, and, man, you've seen it. But what was that final talk like from Chris Jones? Because he, he sealed it yeah. with that sack, but yeah. what did he say? Man, he just said, this is time where you come and stick together. He said, we don't point fingers. No matter what happens at the end of the day, he said, we're a brotherhood and we stick together and everybody took that and said let's do it then so, so what did you do during the field goal attempt did you watch did you look away and say, where, where were you now see I was, we were all praying for a little bit on the sideline <laughs> and then I looked up and the ball was kicked I heard the crowd and I was like oh yeah jumped on jumped on the bench started hyping the crowd up and from there I don't know what happened man it, sure, how much did the game plan change with Legereus going out unfortunately honestly it didn't change you know everybody came in stepped up and was like like, look, we came into this knowing what we have to do. And so whoever comes in, like, it's your job to do what you got to do. And we did it. Does it mean something to know that it's, it's against them? You guys are all drafted to, cover, to yeah. cover the Bengals, to cover a team like this. Does it mean more? Is it better? Is it more gratifying feeling because of that? Yeah, honestly, I think, especially just how the game went out today and just seeing all four of my brothers out there who came in with me. We've been through all of this, you know, training camp, you know, learning plays. Um, it was special, especially when you, they had that tip pick. And I was just like, man, you don't see this very often that you can draft five dudes who come in and they're all just ready, hungry, willing to work. And it's just a special thing to see. How are you going to celebrate this tonight? Man, I'm going to go home with my family, chill. I don't know what we're going to do, but I ain't to kick my feet up because my body hurts. Bro. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, congratulations. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> That's honest, man. I, I have to imagine that that game puts you through it. And really good stuff there from uh, from Trent McDuffie. He's right, dude. I mean, the number of rookies, again, five of them playing a ton on defense in this game. And that's not counting Leo Chanel. I have no idea what his snap count tonight was. I don't remember seeing him out there a bunch. I'm, I imagine he got some work. I, I really don't know. Um, Matt Derrick mentioning Jack Cochran, uh, a undrafted guy who's who's gotten thrown into the fire a little bit here and there. It is it is a mandatory part of the conversation to give credit to the coaching staff for getting the most out of those guys. But man, what I mean, what a special group to get those get that that crew of rookies here in Kansas City. I I know I'm a broken record on this, but this class from the the scouts and evaluators and Brett Veach to the coaching staff, Steve Spagnolo, Dave Merritt, like absolutely tremendous molders of young defensive backs, as far as I can tell. Dudes have been incredible. And then the players themselves, to be in the position to make that play. McDuffie mentioning again the Brian Cook tip to, to Watson. It's an NFL street play. Like, I know that's my only reference in the history of the world. Like, I, I go to that more often than anything else because I grew up playing NFL Street 2 obsessively. I can now play it again in adulthood because I got to port it on my Steam Deck. 
I've bought the retail copy of that game at least twice. It really is something you do for style points. And Brian Cook just made a perfect play on the ball. And we played the highlight a little bit ago. Like if it, it felt like it happened in slow motion because it was just perfectly executed and Jalen Watson was there for it. Th- this kind of thing is not normal. Unlike every level, it's just not normal. Blessed to, to be the, the constant we have here in Kansas City. Offensively, the growth defensively, it's just tremendous. Uh, do you have something else, Beards? Are we good to go to Skymore? I, I was going to do something that led up to Skymore. Well, let's help help um, me with the segue then. Do you know how many yards Mahomes had throwing the ball in this game? I couldn't tell you. I could not. I I, I could check. What, what would, okay. No, no. What okay. would you guess? You, don't, don't play the dumb game that I do. Sure. No, I I'm guessing that I, I'm guessing he was in kind of the. The mid two hundreds. If I had to throw a, a dart somewhere in that range, but I know I know it was over a hundred to MVS. I think seventy to Kelsey, and then not a whole after that. So I, yeah, I'd, I'd say something like two fifty. Three hundred twenty six. Ah, where those seventy five yards come from? <laughs> and, uh, Isaiah, so, you know what? I, I skipped mentally. I skipped Isaiah Pacheco, who had like fifty some yards. So it was. I don't feel too bad about that guess when I remember what I forgot. So I'm, I'm going to do the dumb thing where I just read the box score. Do but, the dumb uh, thing. It's kind of fun to look at. It is. It's. Noah Gray one for four. Juju's one for seven, and because he left early, it's Kadarius one for nine. He left. Hardman two for ten. Sky Moore, who who we hear from sec three for thirteen. Uh, Kemp one for thirteen. McKinnon two for seventeen, and then it's Pacheco five for fifty nine. Kelsey seven seventy eight and a touchdown, and then MVS with the Sammy Watkins game. Yep, six for one hundred sixteen and a touchdown. And it's just a really funny-looking yeah. receiving group, and he just throws for 320 yards. Meanwhile, Burrow had 270. What was your? Well, I think you said this to me in, in the talkback during pressers that MVS had more receiving yards than Chase and Higgins combined. So Chase had um, 75, and no, Chase and Boyd. Boyd had 40. Okay, got so, it. So they had because Higgins. They had 115 combined, and he had 116. Chase and Boyd had 115. Correct. MVS had 116. Correct. Hilarious. T. Higgins had 83 yards. That makes sense. Okay, got it. Very good. Uh, well, then let's do it. Let's hear from Sky Moore, who not only got involved in the offense. Thank you for letting me read the box score. Uh, you're so welcome. Look, I think you can pretty much get everything you need from the box score. I mean, Seth Kaiser, well, I, I, Seth Kaiser just felt a disturbance in the force. I was surprised when I looked at that and saw he threw for 326 yards. Me too. Yeah. No, me too. That That's how I felt. I think it was the Raiders game. Where he I threw was for like, like, man, this offense is really struggling today. Yeah. And that is like, he threw for 320 yards? No, that really that really is. Again, it, it's why you need all the parts of all of this. It, it's why like watching the game matters. It's why the stats can be interesting. It's why the advanced numbers can tell a story. Don't look at the rushing dumbers, by the way. 2.1 yards per carry. Is that where that one ended? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. That's something we can talk about later in the week. We're still in post-game mode. You want to know who the leading rusher for average was in this game? Uh, just for the Chiefs or for both teams? For the Chiefs. It was either McCole Hardman. It was McCole Hardman at three and a half yards per carry. Holy he did it twice. bleep. I, I, I was wondering if there was any chance it was Mahomes. but he was his, second. His, was it really? Yeah. Okay, I would have gotten the one too. His, uh, his five-yard long... Didn't necessarily, it wasn't a 15-yard scramble, but uh, yeah, the running game wasn't exactly the bright point in this one, and we'll, we'll it figure out. It wasn't the previous out. week. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure out 
what that means and why that happened. We'll we'll get there later on. But there's a lot of good stuff to talk about right now. And it's not just Sky Moore getting more involved in the offense. It's also him just showing up back there, returning punts. And hot bleep. Had a good one. Had two good Had ones. Had a huge one. One came back from a penalty. Another one was spectacular. Sky Moore looked pretty good back there. So let's hear from number 24 and a real redemption moment for him after some very, very tough moments early in the year. How's it feel to be headed to the Super Bowl? Feels great, man. I'm trying to, trying to, this is my first Super Bowl, trying to hopefully get my first one under my belt, you know? You know, it's been a long road with you as a punt returner, and then you're out there in the fourth quarter of the AFC Championship game, and you come through with a big punt return. What, that, what does that mean to you? I mean, it meant everything, you know? Like, it, it was just, you know, like you said, I had a long road to get to get there, so... Not, not only just the return, but just catching that catching that thing. So once I caught it, I knew I know what I can do with the ball. It's just, you know, I got to catch it. And I, I focused on it, reeled it in, and made, made, made a little something happen. I mean, look, it, it, there, there's a, that's a storybook ending, at least, to yeah. get to the Super Bowl. How, how difficult was it to, to regain your confidence and bounce back to where you could be in this position in this game tonight? It was it was everything. The confidence. I learned by being back there, your confidence is everything. If you think you're going to drop it, you, you might drop it. So when I went back there, I was just – I'm thinking, like, yeah, I'm, ca- I'm about to catch this. This this got to get caught. You know, I didn't drop three. So, you know, the, I, being confident is the number one thing, I think. And, and my teammates helped me. Dude right here, you know what I'm saying? He's, he's telling me, you're going to catch it. You're going you gonna to make a play. And, you know what I'm saying? I, I, there's power in words. And, and what's that mean to you? So, you know, some coaches may not have given you that, that another chance that you had tonight. Right. For Dave Tobin, Andy Reid to believe in you and put you out there, what's that mean to you? It means everything. You know, they, everybody believed in me. Yeah, I didn't believe in myself at one point. I didn't want to be back there. But they kept putting me back there. You know what I'm saying? They kept putting me back there, and it just got to the point where I was like, if he believe in me, why don't, why don't believe in myself? You know what I'm saying? So, so I definitely, we definitely had a roller coaster, bro, with, with with the punt return situation. But I mean, that blows my mind. How do you, how do you get over that when you say you didn't believe in it? You didn't you didn't want to be back there. How did you get over that hurdle? I had to I had to stop telling myself that. I didn't really mean it. You know what I'm saying? Just because I dropped a couple punts, I'm telling myself I don't want to be back there. I I really do though. I want the ball. You know, I want anytime I can get the ball, I'm trying to make a play happen. So, you know, I just really, really had to buckle down and, you know, have that self-confidence. How intense was that in the fourth quarter? That was a very physical football game. Seemed like that was two teams that didn't like each other with everything on the line. What was that like to be out there in the fourth quarter? You know, you know, just a another chippy playoff game. Just, you know, just being able to being being able to go go against another good football team. It's going it's going to get like that. So, you just got to buckle down and stick to your guns. Were you watching the field goal attempt? George Carlotta said he couldn't watch, so he looked away. I need to watch. I was you watching. You, you got to watch. I was watching. I, I stepped up on the bench. I need to see. Every Every, right. I need to see his. I need to see, I need to see his whole you drop. You need to see it all, then, right? I need to see his whole drop. Yeah. Everything. Before it went through. Thanks. <laughs> so what, what went through your mind when that final second ticked off the clock and you, we're going? That's. It was just crazy, you know. 
You know, I'm, I'm looking at other people like, <laughs> like McCole. <laughs> He's thinking like you know, his reaction is a little different than mine. I'm like, oh, we're going to the Super Bowl. He's on some like one more. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, we, we got to get it. We've been to this. I've been to the Super Bowl. So it's not it's not nothing new for this franchise. So it's it's, it's one thing to go, but we got we got to go win it. And the receivers got tested. I mean, Marcus Kemp was out there and made a play. I mean, there was a lot of injuries. You guys, the the depth was tested. What's that say about your room? It says that we're a deep room because we we came we came out on top with that. For sure, thank you. Stephen St. John with Sky Moore, really tremendous stuff there, both ranging from him not believing in himself as a as a return man to today being out there, really helping this team go back to the Super Bowl. You know, as McCole Hardman's over there saying, hey, we got one more. But a lot of these guys, and really everybody, it seems like, really kind of appreciated this game tonight for, for what it was. Because this is a huge, huge achievement. And they got two weeks to get locked back in. and I mean, you don't have two weeks to get locked back in, of course. But you got two weeks before the next game comes around. I'm glad these guys, especially these ones who haven't experienced it before, are, are soaking it up. Seeing Carlos Dunlap on the stage holding the Lamar, Lamar Hunt trophy. After just beating his uh, his original team that he was with for a decade or so, so many of these guys again, a veteran like Dunlap here for the first time, rookies like all these dudes we've mentioned. I feel like we've mentioned the entire draft class a few times tonight, rightfully so, of course. Rookies experiencing it in their first year, and then guys like Justin Reed who aren't you know. Dunlap veterans, but also have been in the league for a while. When, when we were playing Lebo with Reed uh, on the field a little bit earlier in the show, you know, Justin Reed says that's this is the whole reason that I'm here. It's for these games and these moments, and and the Chiefs' defense, especially. Um, really, I mean, everybody seemed like they were ready for this moment when it arrived. Even a guy like Sky Moore, who might not have been ready for that moment earlier on in the season. It's pretty cool. Uh, one more here for now, at least. Um, we, we may take a quick timeout. We may, uh, we'll, we'll see where the show goes from here. But uh, I want you to hear from Harrison Butker as well. Again, Stephen St. John prowling the locker room and uh, getting to hear from a whole bunch of guys. And I'm sure they'll play uh, even more of these back tomorrow on the Border Patrol. And by tomorrow, I mean today. And by today, I mean in five hours and 20 minutes. You know it's a good day and a good night and a good game and a good show. And every time I look at the clock, I'm surprised by how late it is, which also might mean that we definitely need to wrap before one, right, Beards? We definitely can't push past that. I think one's our out time for tonight. I think that that seems reasonable. Um, but with that being said, I, I want I don't want you to have to wait until uh, until 6 o'clock to hear Steven talking to Harrison Butker, who had another chance. We're going to talk about redemption, a guy whose season started with an injury that clearly bugged him, questions about the whole operation and kicky leaks and all of that. Harrison Butker tonight jogs out there and sends the Chiefs back to another Super Bowl. I grabbed him immediately. So he hit it. How's it feel like, right now? You, you, you game-winning kick to go to the Super Bowl. It doesn't get much better than that, right? No, it doesn't get much better than that. Definitely the, the biggest kick of my career. Just such a blessing. Uh, you know, all glory to God that, that that ball went through, and I tried to keep the faith and keep pushing. Obviously, it was a, it was a rough year. Um, had a lot of misses, but so thankful that we were able to make that kick to uh, to get us to the Super Bowl. The conditions didn't seem great. So, so how, like, like, how far did you feel comfortable? What, like, 
Where were you good from, you think, tonight, going that in that direction? 55. Yeah. You know, in the warm-up, 55 was about my limit. Um, yeah, I think I think it was windier than what the flags look like up there. The wind was in the face, left to right, and then also when it's cold, you know, the ball's just super deflated and just doesn't travel that far. So you, you mentioned some of your struggles now. It seems like you're back back in the rhythm. Like, what what what, what has gone right to, to get back in the groove? Yeah, I, I think we've had a good couple of games now. Um, that's a good question. I think I... Uh, I think I struggled a little bit at the beginning just trying to figure out how to kick now with this injury, right? Anytime you injure yourself, you have to kind of go back to square one and figure out how do I kick now? And I think it just took me longer than I would have liked. But now I feel like I'm in a rhythm and I'm hitting the ball well and practicing the ball well in the games. And it just took a little while. As, as soon as you hit it, did, did you know? Was there any doubt when it, when it left your foot? I, I knew it had the accuracy. I didn't know if it had the distance. You know, it felt good. I'm like, oh, that's good. And then the ball just kept floating and floating, uh, but yeah, it went, it went over, so. Hey, congratulations. Thank you, I appreciate it. Thank it really is full circle for Butker. Again, his season starts with an injury, even once he gets back, which takes longer than I think anybody really expected, because, like, the the Chiefs didn't put him on IR, right? So, I mean, that whole thing was sort of a, a bit of a drama factory, and then he's back for that moment here tonight, sending the Chiefs back to the Super Bowl. Pretty cool. Uh, I also I just mentioned uh, Carlos Dunlap a little bit ago against his old team, and he's headed to his first Super Bowl uh, in his first year with the Kansas City Chiefs. Here's uh, Carlos Dunlap with Stephen St. John from the locker room. As you go, hey man, I asked you last week what it would be like to finally get to the Super Bowl. What's going through your mind right now? Uh, trying to find my family, enjoy the moment, be present after I hit this hot tub, cold tub, because, you know, that's my routine post-game. And we got another game, and it's a privilege to have this opportunity. You know, resilience prevailed. And the defense was a big part of it. Made some big plays, got that final stop. That's that, got to feel great. That makes it that much more sweeter. You know, the defense having a day like we did today, us as a team getting the win, beating my old team. There's so many different bullet points you could target for this. But we got it done today, and now we have the opportunity to play another game. And that's why you came here, right? This is why I came here. This is why I'm here. But we won, and we're not done. Congratulations. Thank you. Carlos Dunlap from Cincy to Seattle to Kansas City, and now finally heading to a Super Bowl. Uh, got to you know keep his, his tub routine on point because – he is a longtime veteran, but uh, ultimately, it, it really is. I, I just it's a great story for guys like that who haven't been to the mountaintop over incredible career. He's got a hundred sacks now. That's crazy. Uh, but his his greatest season as a pro uh, from a team perspective is happening right now. Uh, we we mentioned with Matt Derrick, you know, it wasn't the running game that you wanted to see from the Chiefs across the board. That's certainly true. But also, I, I really did come into this game wondering if Isaiah Pacheco would get involved in the passing game as well, just from a matter of, of personnel groupings and trying to keep the Bengals guessing and Mahomes needing to dump it off. But you also want to make the Bengals believe that you could just hand the ball to Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, he, he was not any sort of uh, brutally effective on the ground. That was just a, a challenge for the Chiefs. Chiefs' entire running game. That was a challenge for everybody on the field. It really was. Unless uh, your name was Joe Burrow. That's Yeah, that's a good point, Beards. I mean, P. Ryan and Mixon did nothing to write home about either, and it's not like either of these teams were trailing Joe a lot. Burrow led the game in rushing yards at 30. Boy, that's disgusting. 30. Yeah, and Pacheco was second with 26. 
Uh, and obviously, nearly half of those from Burrow came on that quarterback draw just right down the middle. Actually, you know what? I don't know that that was his longest run of the game. Because the one where he... The, he had one long run that was 14 yards. I think that was that... Was that the planned one? No, so... Or was that the scramble? So... Where he jukes... It, yeah, well, don't say anything you can't take back, Beards. Podcasts live forever. I actually think that the draw... This is terrestrial radio, baby. There's nobody recording this. Nick Bolton got trashed. <laughs> oh, just, look, a recording file. Come on, man. They're going to the Super Bowl. I don't want to bleep talk tonight. He was not good on that play. That's fair. I bet he would agree with you. Um, I, I think that that draw, the designed one, I think went for like 10 or 12 yards. But it says long was 14. That, I, don't know, that, I'm not, I don't remember what was what. But yeah, the draw... And then he had the play where, you know, look, I'm... He needs ankle insurance. There's no shame in getting beaten by Joe Burrow in a de facto Oklahoma drill. I mean, no, that would, there would be shame in that? Okay, well. I'm not here to say negative things tonight, Beards. The defense as a unit was tremendous. It was excellent. Do you want to hear from Pacheco? I do, okay. I do, but I wanted, this was all just to hype up the fact that he actually got involved in the passing game. I think this has to be career highs for him through the air. Five receptions for 59 yards. I, I have to think I'd remember if he gotten even close to that previously. I think he had a couple of games recently with two receptions, but I'm not sure yet. Are you looking up game logs right now? You went you went straight there, so I, I'm stalling now, but I think he might have had a 20-ish yard performance, like a two for 18 type of day. But but certainly no no five for 59, and he was making, the, making plays with the ball in his hand. However, he got it. In fact, it's something that I wouldn't mind seeing more of in a couple of weeks because he he looked good in space. His high in receiving yards um, was against Seattle. He was one for two for 32 yards. Uh, before that, it was the Denver game in week 13. No, on week 14. Uh, where he had three for 23 yards. Okay, so there you go. So career highs for Pacheco through the air, and, and he was also like hunting and pass pro and everything. He, he's going to be a really complete back. I, I really like watching Isaiah Pacheco play, and I like hearing Isaiah Pacheco talk. Here he is with Steven St. John. And, um, you know, they're, they're proud, man. They're out there excited about it. I can't wait to get back to them. Isaiah, Jarrett Brown, USA Today. Thank you. Congratulations, man. What you expected, right? Yes, sir. Um, you know, day in and day out, we uh, put in the uh, the work to get here. And um, for me, as a young guy, just look at the leaders and continue to, to build off of the energy that they bring and the mentality and the mindset. Um, for me, um, today I just went out of there and, and focused for four quarters and chopped. Uh, you know, I had physical and, and mental toughness throughout. Eliminated distractions and try to focus on my job as hard as I can for four quarters. Um, you know, there was ups and downs, but for me. Um, just continue to, to listen to the play and, and allow the play to come to me. When you think about your quote-unquote humble roots into the NFL and then the, the scene that you have been a major contributor to this, how do you put that in perspective? And I know it took a lot of people to get here, yeah. but you had a major role in this. You know, like I said before, um, it's the accountability that we bring to one another. Um, it's all out there on the field. When we work, we work. Um, there's no uh, ways around it, but most importantly, when Pat's the leader, um, we look up to him, and we got to continue to build so we could get the goal that we want to accomplish. And that's you say he's the leader. Yes. What's that mean to you to see him out there on a bum ankle and still performing at such a high level, and helping leading you guys in the Super Bowl? You know that's extreme accountability right there. You know he loves.
loves us and, and he loves his team. Most importantly, he's playing for all of us. And, you know, we can't thank him much for that. But to build off of it and continue to to push this this continue to push this what we got going is going to build. What was your mind? Were you watching him this week in practices, like, just to see how he moved and what you had seen from him before? Just, no, you know, I, you know, I know he was good. I just focused on my job to, to do whatever I have to do to protect him. There were some tough yards there in the fourth quarter, and things were real physical. What was that like? Uh, you know, being out there in that game, where it was you know one score game for the for the championship. Just what was that like out there in the fourth quarter? It was a tough physical game. Yards were hard to come by, back and forth. Just what was that mindset out there in the fourth quarter? Um, two hands on the ball. Um, uh, get for four, four yards. Uh, four yards to win the down. That was my mindset throughout it. Um, just two hands on the ball, and, and whenever I bounce up to get in the O-line's uh, facing and telling, like, we're, we're rolling here. Uh, there's no letting off the gas. Uh, let's strain the finish. What did you do during the field goal attempt? Did you watch? Did you look away? Did you hold hands with someone? What did you yeah, do? Yeah, I went, I went and hold hands with a couple of my teammates, and, you know, we, we knew it was good. I knew it was good. I seen Buck. He practiced it, and it just reminded me to practice uh, the same routine that we do, and Dan and day out, just it's continue to show. You just feel good to shut them up after all the trash talk, the burrow head, and everything they said, and then you end up winning the game finally. Absolutely. When it's all said and done, you know, it shows for itself who worked hard and, and who played for each other at, at that moment out there. And, you know, we came on top, thank God, and, and we just continue to build off of that, and there's more to come. On the play where you blocked Hendrickson coming out of the backfield, and you really had a good collision, then Patrick threw you a little screen pass, and then Hendrickson caught you in the open field. I mean, was that the kind of play that this game was, you know, that intensity? Always going to be physical against these guys. Um, they definitely played really hard, and, and for me to, to do whatever I had to do to get the job done, and that's what was focused uh, ex extremely hard and, and allowed Pat to do whatever he had to do to get the job done. So for me, continue to be myself and, and allow this thing to, to take us where we're going. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much. Isaiah Pacheco from the locker room with SSJ here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Uh, we might have time for, for one more. We got we want to go to George Karloftis. Let's do that as well. Steven was out there just uh, scouring through the locker room, and we brought you a whole bunch of stuff all day long, or all night long here so far on 810. It'll continue tomorrow again. The Border Patrol in the morning, I'm sure. Steven and Nate and uh, Marco and the gang will have a lot to sort through in the audio front for more from the locker room, plus just everything we saw here in the game tonight. We'll leave some of it for the Border Patrol in the morning, but I want you to hear from George Karloff this yet another rookie stepping up and making big plays in the AFC Championship game. So I talked to you last week about the chance to play to go to the Super Bowl. Now you're going to the Super Bowl. How's it feel? It's unbelievable. It's a it's a blessing. Uh, you know, words can't describe. You know what we're feeling right now as a team. You know, just uh, it's awesome. It's a, it's a blessing, but the job's not done yet. Once Snead went out and Willie Gay went out, there's a lot of rookies on that field, man. What what, what, what was that like? That's a blow when you have playmakers like that go yeah. down. But it's next man up. You know, not not rookies or anything like that. But it's just next man up, regardless of who it is. 
So that's our coaches and our vets do a great job preparing everyone. One of the reasons they brought you in is to get to Burrow. You got to him, you had a sack. Chris Jones, Frank Clark, it was a great performance by the defensive line. Yeah, Tell me about everyone that. Everyone got after him. Nadi got after him. Carlos got after him. Mike got after him. I mean, I don't know if I, am I leaving? Brandon got after him too. I mean, uh, Colin. I mean, everyone got after him. I hope I didn't leave anyone out, but we all got after him. That was our game plan going into it, and I think we did a pretty good job at doing that. Was was? Can you describe that fourth quarter as far as level of intensity compared to anything else that you've experienced with the Super Bowl on the line? And it was the highest the highest stakes football I've ever played. <laughs> roller roller coaster, absolute roller coaster of emotions. Uh, you know, I, I don't know how uh, Harrison does it, but. Uh, it's awesome. God bless him, man. What, what did you do during the field goal attempt at the end? I couldn't, I couldn't watch so it. So you didn't watch it? I couldn't so watch it. So what did you do? Did you look at the crowd for the I reaction? Just, like, what I did just kind of looked down and was hoping and praying, man. Right. And then you heard the crowd. And I heard the crowd, and I knew. I knew. Okay. So, so I knew we had three seconds to go also, too. Right. So, so how, how are you going to celebrate tonight? Probably go home smoke a cigar. Yeah. <laughs> Frank Clark was already smoking a cigar at the tunnel. That's Now, that's a baller move, right? That's a veteran. You're a rookie, but still, Frank Clark is smoking. That. What do you say about that? I didn't have one on me. Yeah, oh, I would have. Oh, you would <laughs> <laughs> hey, congrats, man. Thank you. He's right, man. I think they heard all the talk, you guys. I think they may have noticed that they that the Bengals are a cigar team. Um, what do you think the evolution of uh, of of party items is going to be in locker rooms? Like, it was champagne for years. Now we're in a real cigar era. Hashtag legalize it. I mean, what are you thinking? <laughs> Uh, he's right. He he went through the roll call of all the guys that did provide pressure to Joe Burrow. And look, not the entire defense got a sack. But when you're talking about the, the benefits of a complimentary pass rush, it demands things like telling an offensive line, hey, you can't just devote all of your attention to Chris Jones because the rest of us are going to get involved also. You can't just put four hands on 95 and then trust that the rest of this offensive line is going to hold up. You got to win from other places. And it's also not just can one of those guys go hunt down Joe Burrow. Clark did it. Karloftis did it. But what does it mean for Derek Nottie to add to the pressure leading to someone else either getting the sack or just hurrying a throw? That's the one thing. It's, it's why Chris Jones rightfully, and I believe him, doesn't really care about his playoff stats all that much. It's because there's a lot more meaningful ways you can impact a football game. And I really think you could probably make a case that no less than 30 players made meaningful, positive impacts for the Chiefs tonight. I I don't know how close to the full 53 you could get, but it's pretty darn high when you've got the entire wide receiver depth chart on the field at one point or another. You have an offensive line trying to protect the most hobbled version of their quarterback that they've ever blocked for save for the second half against the Jags. You have Chris Jones playing in a game, the redux of which has haunted him, the previous version, for an entire season. He put them on his back. This has been the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show brought to you by CBD American Shaman. Free CBD samples every day. And, of course, Matt Derrick of ChiefsDigest.com is brought to you by Shamrock Roofing and Construction, where one call does it all. Appreciate everybody for being along for the ride this far into the season. And I was a little worried at some point that this might be how we sign off for the 2022-23 NFL season. But that's not the case. Don't get away, buddy.
We'll talk to you in two weeks because the Kansas City Chiefs are headed back to the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 57, Chiefs-Eagles, right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. We'll talk to you on The Zone at 10 o'clock tomorrow. Till then, bye, Mom!